0: Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the warmaster Horus and his three brothers Materian, Fulgrim, and Angron against the innocent hive world of Estevan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless after the Emperor's favorite son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionnaires survived the onslaught thanks to quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Radio Free Istvan, a 30k horse heresy podcast. Uh, my name is Michael out of Victoria, Texas. I also have my co-host Ryan. Go ahead, and say hi, Ryan. What's up, guys? And he's actually going to be out of Indianapolis. And uh, if you never heard of us before, we're a thirty K Horse Heresy podcast. Uh, just a couple of dudes talking thirty K. And you actually, what kind of sucks is y'all get like the butt end of it. Like we talk so much, like probably like an hour's worth of like material before we even get to start recording. And I think like every Saturday, it's always just like massive information gets exchanged between us mostly mostly from ryan to me he's always teaching me like new stuff it's like the it's such, you're such a gem ryan
1: well actually i'm because i talk loud i'm just talking loudly at you about my opinions and you quietly listen it's and like, nod your head it's like
0: yeah that makes that makes perfect sense and then like i just take your massively competitive meta and bring it down south like you're like <laughs> you're like this uh, underground railroad of like beat face you're yeah
1: like, we st- we stay within the fluff though we make sure all our lists are fluffy. I don't think anybody here runs anything unfluffy. We just pick something fluffy and then just like make it as mean as it can be while staying within that criteria like if
0: Harriet Tubman was a whack forty k player <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's you. That's pretty awesome. think so.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: think I'm a whack player. No, I'm just kidding no, I know so anyway guys uh. Welcome, Brady, and Freeestavan. Uh, we got a few things we're going to cover today. We're going to go over some hobby progress, where we're at, and where we've been, uh, where we've been working. Uh, Ryan played a couple Zone Mortalis games. We're going to do a quick overview of those, see how he played for the Escalation League. Uh, then we're going to go over my Escalation League game, which both are Zone Mortalis, so they're pretty quick games, but pretty raw and ruthless. And then uh, Ryan actually is going to run down the Ursarax as a user ha- or a listener has requested so uh we'll see how that runs out i'm pretty sure he's gonna get a get an earful of <laughs> some harriet tubman level <laughs> uh breakdown so we'll go over that and then uh also on top of that we'll go ahead and uh Talk to y'all about some local events going down in, that we know of. Once again, if y'all have any events that are going down in your area you'd like us to shout out, let us know. We'll shout out for y'all. But when we get to that point, we will announce that again, I'm sure. So anyway, Ryan, what have you been working on, man? I uh, heard you got a charybdis done.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's like 95% done. Uh, I'm doing a word bearer charybdis for my Michigan GT list. I got it all done except um, I need to paint all the rivets on it and because it's word bearers, you've seen my word bearer army, all my word bearer models have a bunch of free handed script and symbols and stuff like that on it. So I just need to paint the rivets and do the freehand on it and it's done. But other than that, it's done. So all the line highlights done, all the shading's done, all the detail work for the most part's done. So it's, it's right there, but that's a big model. It takes a long time to build and paint that to do it right. So I've been working on that and then, I'm building – I have uh, six Blood Angel Predators painted, but only four of them have uh, Predator autocannon turrets. The other two have assault cannon turrets. So I'm building and painting um, two more autocannon turrets so I have some more uh, that I could run as troops or swap back or forth, whatever. After playing a couple games with them, um, the assault cannon is not bad. But for the extra points you pay for it and the fact that you lose scoring, I think I'd rather just have some more normal ones as troop choices. So that's what I'm doing there. It's
0: right on, dude. I mean...
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I'm trying to think. I think that's pretty much all I've done. Um, So what have you been up to, hobby-wise? Honestly,
0: man, I've been working on my Blood Angels uh, Fury of the Ancients list. Uh, So I've been... I, I've gotten past the point where my, my Blood Angels are... I've got the full coats of red. I've got the edge highlighting done. I painted up all the lenses this week. Um, so so one thing that I have done and I have actually uh, gotten on the way is you, you mentioned last week the Narek Trigur model using it as a Delegatus because mm-hmm. he, he does look like somebody who would lead a bunch of Dreadnoughts into battle. Right, right so um I, I did I did pick that up off of Josh so I got that Narek Jager model and on top of that um, have you have you actually heard of these guys man dude I, I know I probably should have looked this up a second ago but I believe it's a it's a studio KF Studios I believe on Facebook Eight
1: Studios yeah KF no.
0: studio now I've not heard of them Okay, so there's this company called KF Studio. They're a uh, they're out of Poland, dude. I don't know how all these bits manufacturers are just like out of Poland. Like I don't I don't know what they're doing in Poland or how in the world like maybe they just like they live and breathe resin. So, well, don't breathe it. Yeah, wear a mask. <laughs> 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 no, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Once it's in there, you can't get it out, people. Uh. So anyway, so. I was looking at a way to, like, basically make Narek Jager look like a Blood Angel, which it kind of, like, and on top of that, I also have the MK4 Forge Lord, and I have the MK4 Apothecary, which is no, like, in no way ha- ha- do these models look like Blood Angel, like, like, I'm so unenthused about painting these models, I guess you could say.
1: Well, for the apothecary, just get a um, a forty k Sanguinary priest. He looks a lot cooler, and he looks like he's in like artificer armor. He's got like the muscle looking armor or whatever with the cool chalice and sword or whatever. You can swap that out. You know, it, it, he looks awesome. I think.
0: Well, unfortunately, I do not like the muscle armor. I do not. No. Lo- yeah, like, I'm like not a fan of that at all. I don't know why. You know, it's probably blood angels were not the right choice. It's just I don't, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I think it looks
1: pretty cool, but. I don't I, mean, like, I
0: get like, if you don't like it you don't like it. I don't like the little ripply armor. So it's like okay. So I was just going to go classic white apothecary all this jazz. Well, Anyway, I find this company called KF Studio, right? And I'm looking through and they have some incredible like Night Lord stuff. They have incredible um uh, Space Wolf stuff. And then I find out that they converted up this uh, shoulder cape for Dark Angels, right? And okay. you know the,
1: it's the Mark IV, I believe it's a, it's the champion. Yes, the one that has that From cape. The, he's comes in the uh, there's one in the Dark Vengeance box that like holding a sword like to the side like this, and he's got the cape that comes over one arm. And he's just in the Dark Vengeance starter box with yeah. the winged helmet.
0: But but also in the in the actual Forge World MK4 command, he's okay. hold, he's holding his helmet, and his right shoulder has that cape.
1: That's just Oh uh, yeah, and he's got the little the little shield that goes between yes. his pauldron and his chest. I forget what that fucking thing's called that holds the you know your cape in place yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they make those. They make it in shoulder pad form. So you can put it okay. on
0: any model. So like I ordered 3 of those to put on like all 3 of my HQ choices just so okay, like cool. s- just to like symbolize like these are the watchers of the dreadnoughts or something like that. Like, you know, you're going to have like <laughs> Nerik trigger with like this big cape and then you'll have a uh, uh, an apothecary with the cape, and then you have a Forge Lord with the cape. And then I'm going to make, like, some special marking on there, which, you know, I'm pretty sure you'll have uh, some input on, which we'll go over. But uh, <laughs> I just want I just want them to all have this cape to symbolize, like, hey, these dudes, they don't help out normal people. They just, like, they fix robots all day. And so don't bother them. So, so I ordered that, and, like, it completely, like, reinvigorated my excitement for... Uh, painting these HQ choices for my for my Fury of the Ancients list, so, and then of course I, I've also thought about uh, um, painting that third Leviathan I'm getting in. Okay. I I saw somewhere I need to relook it up. There is a liquid gold from some okay. company. I I want to say it's it's Vallejo, but apparently it's a very like bright metallic gold that i want to paint that leviathan in entirely gold <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> i'll just say that ridiculous i mean it's funny but like, it's like that's a mega bling right there i mean i don't know what what's your thinking behind it like why you want to do it just because it's cool i mean like what's the story behind this one like dreadnought that's like staring into the sun Like, I
0: I don't, like, the only story that I could have, like, coming from is like, some delegatus or, like, somebody who's, like, really up there, like, some ex-sanguinary guard
1: who who
0: died, and they're like, you know what, this dude was brutal as fuck, he was metal as shit, he was sanguinary guard, so he had gold armor, we gotta put him in this Leviathan, it would be, um,
1: it, it would be disrespectful
0: not to have him
1: in a gold Leviathan. So it's like he could be like As like he could be the predecessor to Ascalon, like the head of the Sanguinary Guard, because they don't ever like talk about that. So you could just make it up.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so like I just like I I found this I found this gold like that's actually like reflective and all this stuff and and I saw somebody painting and I was like that's a cool gold too bad I'll never use it and then I was like taking a shower and I was like holy fuck like that'd be intense to have this like brilliant like true gold like sheened. Like, and if I could somehow, like, take some vinyl and, like, cut out vinyl and, like, put that over it before, like, paint it and then put the vinyl over it and then hit it with that gold and then peel the vinyl off and, like, have, like, etching and all that stuff underneath the gold, it'd be so solid. Like, have, like, beautiful symbols and all this stuff. Like, oh, yeah, he, uh, he's, he's fought. He's fought his pretty hard. So that is, that is absolutely on the way. A death blossom. It's going to be a golden death blossom. <laughs> So, like, as soon as it, like, hits the ground, like, could you, like, even psychologically, I feel like people would be like, what the fuck is that thing? It's like, it's, like, glistening at them on the table. Are we at a disco? <laughs> What's going on? It's like, it's so, it's so bright. And I'm adjusting the lights. Like, hold on one second. Like, I, is this why you brought a table light with you? It's like, let me just go ahead and I just, like, line up that patch of light on their eye. It's like, just, there we go. That's perfect. Well, you
1: need to make a Dreadnought drop pod wired up all LED where it's got like stage light, like the three spars that go up. You got lights that like shine down on the Dreadnought, put a smoke machine in the base.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, like honestly, like
0: I figured if this gold because it seems like it seems like the, this gold is as easy to paint as the uh, Vallejo aluminum metals. Like okay. I, I think it's I think it's the I want to say it's Vleho and I want to say it's as easy to paint as the their metals are, so it's just like one coat, it's solid, go home. Well, I was thinking I was like if it's easy to paint and I get the whole Leviathan covered and then you know get it painted <laughs> up, I will paint his dreadnought in the same gold or his drop pod in the same gold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's ridiculous, dude. I'm not gonna lie. And
0: then <laughs> That's you're just, pretty funny. Like as a as another player like as my opponent wouldn't you be like i'm definitely gonna kill that thing like
1: (laughs) you don't want to die to like the (laughs) disco inferno dreadnought so like it's uh, like my buddy that plays war machine and painted his army his crick's army like bright pink with like flowers and shit on it you don't want to lose to that (laughs) that. like it's gonna be like such a
0: psychological thing as well it's just gonna be like what the that is a gold as dreadnought that's the brightest gold dreadnought i've ever seen and he's just going to be like 100% and i've already figured out the pose cuz he's going to be a death blossom and i have one that looks like it's coming out of the uh of the uh dreadnought like both my both are coming out of the drop pod both my drop my dreadnoughts damn dude i keep flipping that around both my dreadnoughts look like they're coming out of the drop pod well i want him to be like um you know in the movies where like somebody's got a trench coat and they flip the trench coat open and they've got the two guns on each side and they're just like, that's how he's going to look like pelvis forward. Like like the drop pod door opened gold as like, first off gold drop pod hits. You're like, what the hell is that? Turn two doors open death blossom, both sides, all gold glistening in your eyeballs and you're just like and you're like everything else goes away and that's all you see and that's all you think about you think is the golden i have to fail blade that dreadnought like that thing <laughs> has to die and so all my other dreadnoughts are doing all their work and you're just sitting there trying to kill this golden dreadnought it'll be it'll it's gonna be great that's that sounds pretty entertaining for sure <laughs> Oh, you'll see it. You'll see it at Depticon, my friend. You'll probably see it at Stiff Three, and then Depticon. Yep, there we go. And now everybody's gonna be like, "Well, I gotta kill a. I gotta bring a cold and dreadnought killer list now." Which is not very hard to do, I'm sure.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm just thinking of it like, I don't know. That's just funny. Like fluff terms, like how something like that comes about. I guess. <laughs> like, what's the thought process? Like. Who's, whose idea is it? Who executes it? Like, are the tech priests like, well, this is... Why would it be all gold? That's totally illogical. And they're like, I can imagine the argument between... But it has to be... I don't know. This is funny.
0: Well, I think it's like the same argument that goes into, like, Sanguinary Guard. Like, at what point is it... Did the person make the decision that, hey, we should all paint our armor gold? Like, it, and I'm just assuming it's painted gold. Like, I'm assuming it's not actual like a metal like i don't know i I, i'm sure there's some fluff somewhere that explains how sanguinary armor is gold but i have not read that fluff i just know that i want a gold it it
1: could be painted or just like gold plate plated yeah Yeah. where it's like so thin that it doesn't actually like weight like super weigh you down because if it was like made of gold for one oh, yeah, it's like a... gold is like so malleable like some like a bolter shell would hit you and it'd be like like i don't know just like totally deformed and be shitty and it would weigh him you know it's like super heavy and dense
0: so yeah no i absolutely agree it's more than like <laughs> not gold but uh like and we, we've discussed before the, the the dreadnought like painting right like what it takes to paint a dreadnought like they just don't do it right i think we talked about this was that me and you? We're talking about clean dreadnoughts. I've had this conversation oh. with somebody, and I want to say it was you. Because Maybe. I, I was I was getting shit for my
1: dreadnoughts being super clean. Oh yeah, not being weathered because it's like they go into battle, and then when they're not going to not repair them and whatever when they're on the ship, and then you're dropping them in from a drop pod. So the only time they would be battle worn is actually during the battle. But as soon as they essentially returned, you know they they would get you know repainted and fixed up and repaired and whatever you see like yeah you would think you you would think that yeah they
0: get repaired but then you have well it could just be a world eater thing and you know maybe that's maybe that's the issue uh but you know remember there's the the world eater dreadnought um lork lork who's still painted warhound like they still haven't fucking updated his colors yet He's still running. And it's been a long time since they were warhounds.
1: Like well, also, that's a plot device just by Aaron Dipsky-Bowden for that book to show that he's a warhound, not a world eater. And the, the drastic way things have changed. Like, you know what I mean? I, I See? get
0: it. I get it. But it's also canon now. Like, that is. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, OK, so they don't paint their dreadnoughts. But no, I, I completely understand what you're saying. And yes, it is a plot device. And yes, you know, they have to prove that he's a warhound. But in my head, it's like, okay, so they don't regularly, they don't carry cans of paint. And there isn't a paint servitor somewhere. I don't know. I just,
1: like you said, think it's a world eater thing. Because like that guy was in, you know, put on the shelf for a while. (laughs) And they had to, they would he wouldn't even have been woken up if not for, you know, Delvaris Leaving. Jumping chip, literally. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's one of those things. So you don't really know, like if if they knew they were going to use him in Awakening, maybe part of the rights of Awakening are you know repaint him and making sure everything's good to go before they turn him on. Hey, let's you know since we're here, let's go
0: a little d- deeper in this little rabbit hole that we we found ourselves in. Oh, okay. So right. just thinking about that now, right? You're absolutely right. They wouldn't have woken up Lork if uh, Davarius hadn't l- abandoned ship and like not guarded it like he was supposed to. Okay, so let's say they didn't wake him up and he never understood. Like, because remember, he woke up and he's like, uh, why the fuck are we attacking space marines? I mean, I'm gonna. I'm like, yeah, if you need me to, that's what I'm gonna do. Just that's how I roll. But I don't get it. Imagine if they just never, like, there was no interim, like, where they woke up all the dreadnoughts and, like, explained to them, like, hey, check this out um we no longer fight for the emperor uh we we did this or we did that they don't explain it to them it's like what are your choices like do you want to you want to continue forth or do you want to just like so you know that somewhere in that ship there are dread well no they woke up all the dreadnoughts all the dreadnoughts
1: yep they woke up all of them because most of them died yeah
0: so like had they never woken them up and I'm pretty sure this has happened on some ships. Like, it just so happened to be that ship that it didn't happen. Like, what, hap- what do you do when you wake up and it's like 30,000 years after everything's gone down and you're just like, oh, fuck, what happened? Like, what do I, what do I even do? Like
1: what do you- Well, I, I feel like just being in proximity, because at some point they would have went into the warp and all that, even if they were asleep or whatever, they would have been corrupted. I mean, that's pretty much like what Hellbrutes and Chaos, dreadnoughts and things like that are.
0: Like, you just wake up with, like, a real hand. Like, you were just, like, passed yeah. out, like, in a metal body, and you're like, holy shit, the Imperium has gotten shit right. Look, I got I got a hand now. I got feet. Like, oh, man. Like, uh, oh, no. I
1: have too many toes. Like, I, I'm a chaos guy.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm a bad guy now. Because
1: I think, like, because they're supposed to be, like, asleep asleep, but they, like, all the dreadnoughts, Would they actually write about dreadnoughts with their thought processes, they talk about dreaming. Yeah, do you dreadnought
0: dread not stream like dreadnought stream
1: <laughs> so I mean I would just going off how black library books are written or whatever you could imagine some type of in- internal conflict of like him falling to chaos wall it's he's asleep. asleep yeah
0: see that's like, like the, that's the worst way to go like there's no fighting it like once you're asleep like chaos God's got you right well there's
1: actually fluff like how they make a hell brute is they take a dreadnought because dreadnoughts are supposed to be put, you know, put asleep because you're imagine you're just like some dude with no arms or legs, like trapped in a metal coffin. You know, can't talk to anybody, can't whatever, unless you're actually hooked up to the body. You're yeah. just a dude like letless lives forever in a coffin. That's why they put them to sleep so that you're not aware of that's going on. Well, to create hellbrutes, they put you in the coffin or whatever, and then just literally stick you on a shelf awake for thousands of years until you totally lose your shit and you're just like a ravening madman and then they then put you in a sarcophagus and then just turn you or then take the sarcophagus and put it in a body and then turn it loose. That's terrifying. That's the rule. Like that's the fluff for cast red stuff. That's why they have in 40k they have that um like the crazed roll where you rolled and they act randomly and all that. And if you look like the the current Helbrute model has like chains on it that are snapped or broken or look like they've been let loose because they actually have to chain them up. Because um, they put them... The, when they get them on the ship, they just take the sarcophagus out and stick them on a shelf, but they're wide awake, like, fully aware of what's going on. drives them crazy. So then when they put them in, they basically chain the body or lock it down somehow and then put the sarcophagus in it where it can't move, and then they just position it where it's, like, can get to the battlefield and then just, like, turn it loose.
0: I feel like... Like have you like on the Hellbrute models like some of them have the like the hands and like the feet and stuff like that so like yeah. if if you pop the sarcophagus out it, like how does that work like I don't understand it's like you take the driver out and like the the body just like goes limp well you, like, I'm
1: talking about, like the old Chaos Dreadnought fluff they took the sarcophagus out but okay they ha- okay. I don't I haven't really read the new Hellbrute fluff so maybe it's all just one monster that they just chain up like okay. I was saying okay does that make sense so. I think it's kind of a fusion of the two because they changed. They used to be Chaos Dreadnoughts, and then in the latest incarnation, they act. There is no more Chaos Dreadnoughts. They're hell brutes, and they look, you know, drastically different. Where before they were just Dreadnoughts with spikes on them. Yeah, and weird hands that didn't make sense. Weird, yeah.
0: claw fence hands.
1: Oh, the Power Scourge.
0: Yeah, that looked ridiculous. It looked like a the, the leaf rake. It yeah. looked like a leaf. Yeah. Rake. <laughs> <laughs> the power rake. The. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, no, totally. I know we went down a little rabbit hole, but I had to know. So, I mean, if Chaos is doing that kind of shit to Dreadnought, it's not far-fetched to believe somewhere out there there's a gold-ass Dreadnought. I'm just
1: saying that there's...
0: Oh, well, I'm not mad at it. <laughs>
1: you, you, you know, you do it. You make him a special snowflake.
0: <laughs> you, do you. you
1: do you. You do you. You do you. So, yeah, that's on I'm the way. I'm not saying it's for everybody. I'm not saying everybody <laughs> needs one. I'm just saying if you want to do it, I'm not mad at it.
0: <laughs> so good. <laughs> so expect that in the near future, guys. I will definitely post pictures of that bad boy up. And I don't know. I don't know what kind of lighting I'll need, but I'll figure some way out to get a solid picture that doesn't blind people on the internet. So So expect that. So yeah, that's what I've been working on. Got that ordered. That's on its way. I'm gonna find that gold. Um what's uh
1: the one other thing I worked on, I do want to talk about this, the global heresy campaign. Um, I've slowly been figuring out that os 30 K website. that has been driving me crazy and I got everything filled out and I was just, I, all I needed to do was write the fluff, uh, for my army, my militia army. So I spent a whole day. I decided instead of just writing the fluff, like these guys are so-and-so they took part in these battles. Um, this event happened, they fell to chaos. Like instead of doing that, I wrote a short story, like a legit short story. Like wrote a story and the story has like flashbacks in it and a series of events that you can just read that story and get get the idea of where they come from and what happened and what they're all about just by reading a short story.
0: That's fucking sweet, dude. I,
1: I love reading fan fan written fluff. Like it's- so that uh, look for that. I'll send it to you. I got a uh, luckily for me, my cousin is uh, has a degree like he he took a he got a literature degree in college. I'm just I'm just an angry hillbilly people. I don't I don't have <laughs> mad skills like that. When I write something, it's like all one paragraph with no punctuation and shit spelling. It ca- so, in, all ca- in all caps, in all caps, <laughs> me because I talk loud. So it's all me yelling, yelling at you. Um. <laughs> so anyway, I wrote the story. And who knows if it made any sense. It made sense to me, but I sent it off to him. I like have my own editor that I don't have to pay. He's like my little brother. Uh So I sent it off to him. So he's supposed to have it done by tonight, like fully edited and things fixed and proper spelling and, uh you know, <laughs> things that like where, where other human beings can read it and go, you know, did a five-year-old not or, like. He, he comes you know, back. Five, he's like. Read?
0: He's like, well, first thing I did is I transferred it from being written in crown to, uh, (laughs) tight. Uh, (laughs) there's a lot of screaming over here. Do you not use spaces? I don't know how (laughs) (laughs) this is literally six words in a paragraph form. I don't know.
1: I don't know what's going on, (laughs) but, um, so anyway, he, he's basically just editing it for me and, you know, fixing it, fixing punctuation, all that shit. So when that's all done, uh, I'll I'll post it up on the Aus30k website, and I'll send it over to you. Um, if people are interested, like they really want to read it, I don't know why, they would just randomly want to read it. We could get it out there somehow, I'm sure. Oh, can.
0: absolutely. I see, as Actually, as soon as you post
1: it, I'll post it up on Reddit or something. Okay. Yeah. I actually think it's pretty cool. I'm pretty proud of it. I think I did a good job. I, I think I did. But, you know, if you think it sucks, tell me it sucks. I don't care. I got thick skin. <laughs>
0: It's uh I don't know. It might get picked up by Black Library. We don't know. It's
1: possible. Doubt that, but but uh I I am a uh I am for sale. I will take their money, so if they want to buy it, they are free to hit me up.
0: I'm looking forward to reading that, dude. And that's over your uh your militia cult, right?
1: Yes. Yep. It's it's not super long. I mean I don't because I just typed it up in uh High tech uh, Microsoft Notepad. Okay, yeah, makes sense. So I just typed it up there and then um, sent it over to my cousin, and um so I don't really. It's hard to like I can't tell how many pages or whatever it was because it was just all in Notepad. But I don't I don't feel like it's super long. You could probably read it, and even if you're a really terribly slow reader, you could probably read it in a half hour. Oh it's, wow, it's long. That's very long. Half it's probably. Eh, I mean, that's like. I don't know. Like you could probably read it much faster than that. I don't, like I said, I don't really even know. It took me a long time to write it. Cause I kept going back and whatever. Um, I, it took me about eight or nine hours to sit and write it, but it's not super long, but this just in writing's kind of fucking hard. <laughs> like, yeah. No, to yeah. actually write a story and I'm trying to fit. Like I had an idea of points I wanted to hit. To, Cause it's, it's really a fluff against like You're supposed to, it's not just it supposed to be a cool story. It's also supposed to be a cool story that you can read and it within that story pick out like actual facts about these guys to figure out where they come from, you know, and, and why they turned out the way they did. So to uh, I'll have to see, but let's just say it's five pages long. That's sweet. So if you if you have this five page long thing, yeah, that's pretty long, but it's also I'm trying to tell the whole history of these guys and then the turning point which makes them go bad because, you know, obviously they start as loyalists and then they're going traitor. And and I actually, like, explain... Because I use my model. Like, I built these models and I looked at them and in the fluff, I wrote why the models look the way they do on the tabletop, I guess. Yeah. So, like, I built these models and then I wrote story to support why they look... Why the model looks that way. And I had to hit all these points, like... And even certain units, like, all, there are units when you play my army, if you read that fluff piece and then play my army, you'll be able to point and go, oh, that's these guys in the story, or that's this from the story. Like So I thought it was pretty cool. But that was kind of the idea behind it. Instead of just – because I read other people's fluff on there, and a lot of people did good jobs, but it's really just like – it's almost just like the Heresy – the the Forge World books where, you know, they just list a bunch of facts – and a little bit of the history, and then they're like, well, this is a battle they fought, like, whatever, where I wanted to write, like, something that just sounded like a – it was just like reading a short story that you could pick facts out of. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that's so awesome, dude. Like, that's a – that sounds really cool. Like, at what point, like, I'm sure – have they already turned to chaos, I'm guessing? Are they already, like, cultish in your fluff? Like, in your story I don't,
1: I don't do chaos unless it's super, like, over-the-top witchy-poo like whatever that's just how i like it like i don't want some like fence center guy it's either all or nothing that's why i play word bears like who wants to pussyfoot around and be like some you know lamey iron warriors it's like i don't know if we're bad we're just kind of depressed and a little upset i'm like nah fuck that i want somebody that goes straight hellraiser driving spikes into their head torturing people nailing them to cod pieces the titans i want some crazy shit if i'm gonna play chaos just like. perfect
0: um okay so, these are, <laughs> so if you want an extreme chaos story, and this is like, I guess this is after they've already fallen after everything's already gone down. Actually it
1: starts Well, you just have to read, you'll have to read it. If you guys want to check it out, I'll definitely get it out there. Uh, it should, like I said, it's being edited right now as we speak. Probably. I sent it to him Thursday night. I spent all day Thursday um, writing it. I guess I started it on Wednesday, finished it on Thursday, but I got a solid, probably eight hours of working on it. Myself coming up with ideas, looking at models, thinking about stuff. Um, and I hope, I hope people like it. I think it's pretty cool personally. And then, um, so it, I'll, I'll probably send it to you tonight. And then I'll actually post it on the thirty K tonight as well. When you get, when it comes back from the editor. Sweet. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to getting
0: some, some good reading in. <laughs> and then I get to look at it. I get to read that. And I get to be like, Oh, that's what Ryan's playing. And every time I see you play the game, I'll be like, oh, is that is that Quintilis? Is that him right there? It you know? <laughs> <laughs> should be pretty much what it's like. But pulling people aside. Let me explain to you. Let me explain why that looks like that. Hold on one second. <laughs> Man, dude, that gets me all pumped. I'm like, I'm going to read it. And I'll be like, my turn. And then like once once somebody does it, you're like, well, now I have to do it. And now...
1: Yeah, well, I hopefully. To- I mean, because it's cool. Like, writing is actually a lot of fun. And it it's pretty funny because... I actually went back, after writing it, I went back and changed my army list to suit the story a little bit. So good. So good. I mean, just, like, tweaks. Like, I just changed, like, unit sizes on something or changed war gear on a sergeant or something to fit with somebody, you know, in the story or whatever. I'm like, oh, well, I wrote this. This sounds a lot cooler in the story, so let's go back and, you know, change this model out or change this unit size so it can be these dudes or whatever.
0: Every time I listen to... uh to Aaron Dembski Bowden. Yep. Immediately after that, I want to go write fluff for my army. Because I always feel like, you know, just the way he writes, like it's just, the, like he explains certain things, like he completely like, he makes you feel a certain way about, uh, just He's really good at
1: creating really fucking awesome characters.
0: Yeah. And, and like just even actions, like if, if he wants to describe the way a person picked up a pencil, He'd, like, tell you how they looked at the pencil, how they felt about the pencil. He'd, like, personify the pencil and make It's like, the pencil looked at me with a disgrace. Like, it's just like, you know, all this, like, different things. You're like, fuck. Like, every time I listen or read uh, Aaron Dembski-Bowden, it's just like, bam, like, I'm ready to go write some fluff for my army. I feel like – and then, like, you're in your mind, you're thinking like that, you know? You're, like, thinking – you got to find, like, six different adjectives to describe – like this one pen or something. You're like, yeah. <laughs> so I'll probably look, I'll probably go read your stuff and immediately get like start typing up a rough draft. Unfortunately, I don't have an editor that I can send it to, so it'd just be like, <laughs> mine. Mine will be in crown and in all caps. But let's do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep. When you're a hillbilly like me, you have to rely on the uh, some other people around you that you know have higher than probably what's well, really a third grade education <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mine, mine'll be like uh two pages with six crudely drawn pictures in it <laughs> it's
1: pictographs we're gonna do pictographs. but no i'm pretty happy with it I, if i'd had more time because the, the story that i write actually covers um kind of like i could have drug it out i could, i could have wrote a legit like 100 page short story out of what i wrote but you can't do that like it's a you know it's because i'm trying to it's something i'm putting on OS 30k so it moves kind of fast i guess so i wish i could have actually wrote and explored it more well for one it would have taken me like forever to write it and i'm not an actual writer i just did it you know for just to play the game and you know put it out there but I'm still happy with it, but I could actually write the same story and really explore it further and probably make it cooler. But I, I'm I'm happy with it for what it's supposed to be for sure. So you hear that, people?
0: So if y'all want more, Ryan at Warhammer30k dot com. After you read it, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it'll be released before this gets released. So it's going to be like they're going to go find it and they're going to read it. And just just pop them an email if you want more. Because just keep keep. Bugging oh, him. I'm good. I, I don't. <laughs>
1: I'm not a writer. I definitely just want to play games. Um, I have talked me and my cousin Jason, the guy that is um, editing it. We have talked in the past of because like Black Library has those competitions, yep, you know where you can write in or whatever. We've actually thought about writing a book, like co-writing it, like doing it at the same time because I, like I know the universe really well. So I could come up with the you know outline of the story and the high points and whatever. But he actually is legit educated on that. You know what I mean? Like, has a degree in writing, like, studied that, studies literature, all that stuff. So, like, there's certain things I may try to write down or whatever. He's like, no, this is stupid. You have, like, the the way a story is supposed to work is this comes first. You know, you got to use these wording. Or, you know what I mean? Like, he puts way more thought into it than I do on stuff like that. So, we thought about doing, like, a, a... you know what I mean? Just like get together and, and write one story, but do it together. Like, I'll write it like maybe I write a paragraph and send it to him and he tries to incorporate some of it or vice versa. Um, he could send something to me and I'd be like, well, I like this, but maybe we should, you know, advance it this way or whatever. And then obviously he would do all the punctuation and spelling and making it legible and readable. But we just we never got around to doing it, but it, it could be something that we do in the future. It'd be kind of fun.
0: You should make a book about a uh, – or write an article or something or about a rhino driver pilot and his just life. Just a rhino? Just, yeah.
1: Because
0: yeah. he's you know the unsung hero. Well,
1: I wonder if it's like normal military where when you're a total shitbird and you like suck in basic training and you're just a total dumb fuck, they make you the driver. Like you're the colonel's driver. Like if you talk to anybody that was in the military or served in the military, usually the drivers are the idiots of the –
0: that's the conversation we have man you gotta find a find some room for scott like he's he's gotta he's gotta be able to do something and then if you get those really badass uh rhino drivers like and you want to honor them somehow you stick them in a mortis dreadnought or something you know like hey good job bud (laughs) you get to you get to serve in death gotta fill those shitty positions somehow there's a lot of mediocre Marines out there. You know, we only hear about the the badass ones. But
1: is that like a new chapter you just created? The Marines mediocre?
0: No, no. There's every every chapter has their own Marines mediocre. Every Legion has their Marines mediocre. They just don't talk about them. You know. You think about those shitty jobs. Like who who wants to be a uh, quad mortar? Uh, I guess, uh, our, who wants to be in an artillery team? No space marine wants that job.
1: But. Iron warriors do. Oh, yeah. I guess Imperial fists like that stuff. They're like, oh, we get to do geometry to drop this shell on this guy's head. Oh, I'm so hard right now. Imagine that, like
0: that Imagine that poor world eater who's, like, sitting there loading into shells. Like, it's just, you know. Like, if they tell you, hey, you're going to be some grunt, go charge the wall,
1: and you're a world eater, That's you love that. But Well, that's the thing. Different people like different things. I mean, I know people that are currently in the Army that are in artillery units, and they love that shit. They'll talk to you all day about dropping shells on people from miles away. They get off on it. It's pretty funny, honestly.
0: I don't know, man. Once you get that gene seed in you, it's not really a, this is what I like, and this is what I don't like. It's like you're genetically altered to like certain things.
1: <laughs> I want a shirt, by the way, now that just says, get that gene seed in you. <laughs> Get that gene seed.
0: Uh, let's change your thinking a little bit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like, it's like, oh, I love close combat. I didn't love close combat before. I loved sitting back and chilling. But ever since I got that gene seed, man, my hormones are all weird and shit. <laughs> it's all I think about all day is killing things.
1: It's funny. I don't know.
0: But yeah, anyway, man, we, we went way off on that one.
1: Way off. That's okay.
0: That's what, that's what it's about, man. So you got some Zomortalis in, dude. Yes, I did. Uh, you said you got two games in. Let's do a quick run-through of those two okay, games.
1: Okay, so then. my, so I played one that was actually for the global campaign. It was my first 1,000-point game. And then my other one we just played uh, for fun. I just played my Salamanders, so it didn't have anything to do with that, but it was also 1,000 points. My buddy, uh, Scott Switzer... Uh, He lives in Louisville, which is about two hours from here. And he's been uh, coming up, making the drive up here for all of our game clubs. And he couldn't make it last time because of work, but he still wanted to get some games in. So he came up on um, 4th of July, and we played Zomortalis all day and grilled out and stuff like that. That's awesome. So, um, So anyway, we played... Uh, we'll just go over the Global Heresy one. So, I played my uh, Militia, and he played Iron Warriors. So, uh, he is running... I believe he's running the Rite of War where you can take... I can't remember if it was the right of War where you get the... Ro- I think he's changing over to the right of War that you get, like, Castellax and stuff as okay. troops or elites or whatever. Brother but of he, Iron? He, yeah. I think that's his goal, was to go to that. But right now, I think he was just running like a standard list. But he had a Pravian with two Castillacs. Um, They both had multi-meltas and power blades. He had a, uh, a Warsmith. Is that like their Praetor that they can upgrade, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So he had a Warsmith with like a Combi Plasma and a Power Fist. He had a unit of 10 Veteran Tacticals. Or were they No, they were just normal tacticals. Unit of ten normal tacticals. He had a standard contemptor dreadnought with dual pinchy claws that uh each fist had a Graviton gun in it. Okay. And I'm trying to think what else he had or if he had anything else. I don't know. Does that sound like a thousand points? I feel like I'm missing something.
0: That that definitely sounds like a thousand points. I mean that's
1: Okay. Just a so my pra- militia
0: in itself this is pretty So
1: simple. so here's my militia list. So it's kind of hard like we talked about this last time especially when you play these low points or the way zo- just the way zone mortalis works. It's, they haven't it, I feel like they they've done a good job with it but they need to go through and give more thoughts to certain army lists on how they work because it's almost impossible to play militia in zone mortalis because the vast majority of their units start at 20. And you can't can't run units larger than twenty guys, or larger than fifteen guys. So you're like automatically disqualified from running anything. And in my militia army, I'm running tainted flesh as one of my providences for my army. And if you take tainted flesh, you are you automatically have to take levy squads as your two compulsory troops, which start at twenty. So it's like I can't play mortalis you know, with my army legally like at all, like ever, like it's just not possible. So I talked to Scott about it. So what I ended up doing was just taking levy squads and paying full points for them, but just like taking, you know, starting them with 15 men and I'm just getting rid of whatever. Cause they're only two points a guy anyway. So essentially I'm just paying an extra 10 point tax for guys that I aren't actually fielding. Um, so we didn't think, I thought that was pretty fair. Yeah, you know, just, just basically buying the whole squad of 20 guys, but only using 15 of them. So that's what I did. So anyway, my list is a Lord Commander. He has just the standard flak armor, but I bought um, an Iron Halo and a Cyber Familiar for him. So he's got a 3-up Invol, and he can reroll uh, characteristic tests. Um, he's got a Power Axe digital lasers, and melt bombs. And then the providences I took to uh, that affect my whole army are Abhuman Helots, which give you minus one initiative and plus one toughness for, your role, for everybody that has the Providence Rule, and t- Tainted Flesh. And tainted Flesh makes everybody with the Providence Rule cause fear, get six plus feel no pain, and all of their close combat attacks gain rending. Okay. Wow. So... It's 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 pretty good. Um, The drawback to um, tainted flesh is that you have to take levy squads as your compulsory troops, and you can't have more you you have to have an equal number or greater number of levy squads in your army than you do of any any of other squads that also have the infantry type. So, uh, excluding independent characters. So essentially if I wanted to run two squads of Ogrens, I would have to have two squads of levies to offset that because they're both infantry. Right. So it's, it, it's, uh, it sometimes can be tricky to build a list, but it's not too bad. Um, so so I had the Lord Commander there, and then I had um, seven Ogrens for Elites in one unit. And I bought them the Carapace armor upgrade and then gave every Ogryn in the squad um, heavy bolters. So every guy has a heavy bolter. Oh, also on the Lord Commander I bought... There's an upgrade for like 20 points where you can just pick his Warlord trait. I think it's called Planetary Overlord. So I gave him that. Um, we'll get to what I picked in a minute. Uh, so then for troops, I had to take two heavy squads just because you're forced to for your compulsory. So I took those... Um, I, the only upgrade I bought for them was Discipline Collars, which, you know, basically is effectively makes them stubborn. Though It's not really stubborn, but it's very similar. Works the same way. Um, so I, I had two units of those, and then I had a third unit that's identical, so just 15 guys with Discipline Collars. And then I had a 15-man squad of Grenadiers, and the Grenadier squad I bought two Melta Guns for, and gave the entire unit crack grenades and upgraded their guns to Laz rifles, which have the same stats as a LAS gun, except they're 30-inch range. Um, I think the sergeant in that unit had Meltabombs, and then for heavy support, I took a squad of five um, Chaos Spawn, which are only available if you take the Tainted Flesh upgrade in the Providences. So and then for my uh, stratagems, I took a breacher charge and just put it in one of the levy squads, and I took a fire wasp. So I believe, I believe with the fire wasp, I had seven units. In zone mortality, so I was able to start four on the table. Um, Scott had, I think he had four units if I remember right, because he had the the dreadnought, the castalax. And the tactical guys... And the warsmith. And the warsmith. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he joined the the warsmith to the tactical, so it was still the same, though. He, he started with two and then had one in reserve. Um, so the, the the warlord trait I picked for my guy was uh, the one that makes all uh, shooting weapons in the squad one lower AP. Nice. And the reason... The reason i did that is because i have that squad of ogres. of seven ogres with heavy bolters so i get eight they go down to ap3 heavy bolters brutal which is pretty good and then with um the cyber familiar he can re-roll statistical checks so you get to double you get to re re-roll your initiative check to see if you get the overwatch at full ballistic skill reaction fire. with your eight yeah so it makes that unit pretty mean and then i don't have to really worry about giving the, cause there's a lot of like close combat upgrades that a lot of people like to give Ogrins, but because my entire army just has rending attacks just because I can give them those shooting upgrades and not really lose out on the close combat end. Nice. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of the idea. Um, so I think I'm trying to think who went first. I think, I think I, I went first. Um, no, Scott went first. He won the roll. He deployed. Um, then I. When you roll off, to uh, let's see, we were playing just straight, straight kill point mission. Um, so it was pretty, you know, pretty straightforward. Uh, you get uh, points for slay the warlord and first blood. I believe were the two secondaries. So. He won where he got to pick the corner he deployed in, and then I rolled the roll where you, uh, if you roll a one, two, or three, you have to deploy opposite. If you get a four, five, or six, you can deploy in any square you yeah. want. So I deployed in a square. I rolled high enough to where I could deploy essentially right next to him, so we started really close together. Um, so he went first. I think he just moved up, um, shot some pot shots at my Ogrens uh, with uh, the mel- multi-meltas and bolters off his Castellaxe. And then his uh, dreadnought came charging down the hallway towards like I had a a, a levy squad, so I start because you start half, so I started two levy squads, a grenadier squad, and my big o- or I started a levy squad, a grenadier squad, my spawn, and my ogren's on the table. Um, so I had the levy one levy squad and the grenadiers kind of on one flank, and then the spawn and the uh, other guys together. So the dreadnought went after the squishy guys, and then the the uh, Castellax just kind of moved up and shot my Ogrens. So I think he maybe put a wound on my Ogren guys from multi melters or whatever. The Boulders didn't really do anything. The Dreadnought just moved up. So on my turn, I was able to move up with my uh, spawn and move up with my Ogrens. I shot at the Castillax and I, I needed six to, to wound, but the Heavy Boulders are AP3. Yep. So it, it knocks his save off, so he has to go to involve save. So I think I think maybe I pushed a wound through because the Ogrens, it's a lot of shots, but they're only BS two. So they're it's kinda like but I play orcs. Yeah. So in 40k, so I'm used to that. Like getting a ton of shots with, you know, crappy BS. It it works itself out when you roll that quantity of dice. So I put like maybe a wound on the Castle X, whatever. Um my grenadiers popped out around the corner, shot two multi meltas. At the contemptor. I think I scored a glance and a pin. The glance went through and he saved the pin with his uh, five up involve save with the, the shield. So it didn't really make any headway there. I was able to assault the castillax with both the ogrens and the spawn. So we got we got stuck in there. The spawn they did you know they need sixes to wound and they're just AP dash. I think I maybe put one wound on him just from quantity attacks. I think I rolled a six um because each spawn has a random number of attacks. Um plus they have rage, so it's two for the charge. I think I rolled six, so like each spawn was eight attacks, and I had five of them. So it was a ton of dice, but I need sixes to wound him and he you know then he gets his three up save, so I think I maybe pushed a wound through or something. Wow. His Castellax, he decided to smash with the Castellax and attack the spawn so that they went up to strength 10, and he could just hit a spawn because they're tough five and remove them. Yep. He was going to do it to my Ogrens, but Abhuman Helps bumps him up to tough six, oh. so he can't double them out, and he's got Power Blades. and oh. So because I charged him, the cast Castilex are only two attacks apiece. Well, three attacks with the because the power blades, power blades are two close combat weapons. So he was like, well, if I swing six attacks at you, I'm only likely to hit with three you know, and then you get your feel no pain and all that. So I'd rather just, you know, smash these spawn, you know, and remove whole models. So he smashed one, you know, I lost the whole model. Well, then my Ogrens fought and it's just a ton of dice because each guy's, you know, three attacks plus one for the charge. Um, So I, I threw a bunch of dice at him and I ended up killing one whole castle axe, the one that was wounded at, you know, I did like three wounds and I maybe even pushed a wound onto the other one. The Pravian didn't fight, because I challenged with my Lord Commander, who's, like, he's okay. He's essentially got a Marine stat line with the upgrades I had, but he's three wounds. But the big thing is he has a three-up involve and a power axe. So his Pravian didn't really have any upgrades. So he didn't want to, you know, me just to go in there and butcher his Pravian. So right. I challenged, and he, and he declined. So all, all that fought were his Castle Axe. So... I ended up winning combat, I think, by one or whatever, but he's fearless. So I killed a Castle in combat and we just stayed tied up. So then on his, it goes to his second turn. So we have to roll on the table to see what, ha- you know, to see the effect. So we roll the effect where you choose a, it, we rolled a 12, which is like where you choose a whole bo- a board tile and then everything in that tile takes a shrink four. Rending hit. Have you guys ever rolled that before? Oh, yeah. So he wins the roll-off where he gets to choose the tile. So he chooses the tile with um, all my Grenadiers and levy standing on it. No. And the only and the only model of his standing on it is his Dreadnought. So the way it works is every model takes a string four Rending hit, and all vehicles take a glance on a four up, I believe. So I, I rolled where he took a glance, but once again he made his five-up save on that stupid Dreadnought. So it lived. And then I lost... The problem was I lost my melt guns out of that stupid grenadier squad, and then I lost a bunch of um, levies. So the levies failed their their stubborn check and ran away. The grenadiers held firm, but then he was able to just assault them, and they even with reaction fire they lost their melt so they can't hurt it. Um, so he gets into close combat with them. So I'm trying to put crack grenades on him. The cool thing that Tainted Flesh just says all your close combat attacks gain rending. Well, placing crack grenades on something is a close combat attack. So your crack grenade attacks gain rending with Tainted Flesh. So even with crack grenades, I could actually hurt him. Um, You know, I have to roll a six and then get the extra D3. Yeah, get that But Right. What happened was, because he's got the double Graviton guns, which normally aren't that scary, but because he's just shooting, you know, militia, they're AP-4, he killed a bunch with the Graviton guns, then charged in, killed a bunch more guys. Um, I tried fighting back, uh, didn't do anything to him, and then I broke. Now, I did, uh, he rolled a one on his sweeping advance, so he didn't catch me, but I, I think he killed the unit down to, like, two guys, and they fled, and because they're below 25%, then they're not Marines. They can't rally, unless I roll double ones. So over the course of the game, they eventually just ran off the board. So he killed that unit um, there. So I'm trying to think. I think that he, he ended up getting first blood off that maybe i think that's what happened so so then going into my uh turn two i'm still tied up in combat with the uh Castellax, and i think i rolled for my reserves and i think one levy squad came on so i just brought it on from my board edge there so really wasn't a lot of action I, uh, on his second turn his uh, other squad had come in but it came in on the back of the board so I think really all that happened that next turn was that um, we uh, uh, we fought the round of combat again. So I ended up... I think I killed... I think he accepted the challenge this round. I ended up killing his Pravian and getting the Castellax down to one wound. But he smashed another spawn and then pushed through a wound on something else. I believe he actually ended up winning combat by one... Um, my unit stubborn so I, I passed my break check that was pretty much it pretty much uneventful turn um on his turn i don't remember what we rolled on the table it wasn't i think it was either where you get it like place to large blast and scatter it or something like that i think he killed a couple more militia dudes no no big deal he won the roll off again on that um so we had to fight another round of combat on his turn, and I ended up finishing off that Castlac squad, and then um, consolidating over towards his infantry squad that had just come on with the the uh, the war smith in it. So he turned his uh, so so that was pr- my turn. So on his turn, he turned his uh, dreadnought around and went back. Kind of, he wanted to head the. The ogrens off because he felt like that was the only thing you know that he could stand up to him with, and his infantry guys started pushing up the board and just tried to. We're gonna mix it up with my levies because all I had left, uh, other than those ogrens, uh, were the levies because the acts over the course of the three rounds of combat kept like smashing my spawn. So I think I ended up with like two spawn left. The thing with spawn is they have to charge the closest unit, move towards and charge the closest unit if they can. So when he started moving his dreadnought back, that ended up being the closest unit. Mm-hmm. So on my turn, the spawn outran, because they moved 12 because they're beasts, so they ran past the ogrens and char- they had to charge the dreadnought that they can't hurt. Right. And then the dreadnought is strength 10, so he just smashes them, so he kills those guys. Um, then on my turn... Uh, my levees finally move on, but they can't assault. so they moved on like right like in front of his tactical squad with the the warsmith in it, and then I had the levees that had come in earlier on the other end. they were like kind of coming up with a pincer move, and the ones that had fled earlier, I think they fled twice, and then they finally rallied, and they t- kind of turned around. So my three levy units were kind of converging on his guys there. So, on his turn, he was able to charge his Dreadnought into my Ogrens, and he punched them. You know, I think he did a couple wounds to a guy. Maybe he killed a whole, like, finished one off that was wounded or something like that. Um, I fought back. I think I tore a whole point off of it and stunned it. So, it means the next round of combat it would have one less attack, but... Because I only did one whole point and he did like two wounds, I lost by one. So I uh, passed my stubborn check, which we'll come back to here in a minute um, when we get to the end of the game because I got a funny story about that. So remember this moment where I passed this check right here because it was kind of key. So on his turn, he assaults his Warsmith unit and all of his guys into my 15-man levy unit. So he beats them up pretty bad, gets them down to like six guys or whatever, but they fight back, and because all my close combat attacks are rending, I was able to kill a couple Marines, and then because they're stubborn with the discipline collars, I hung tight. So he whittled that unit down, but he wasn't able to wipe it out. So then on my turn, the two other units, the one that had rallied and the one that was at full strength had been moving up and running this whole time. They finally got in a position to charge, so I charged him with those two other levy units, well, you got 15 guys in a in in a unit and they're three attacks per cuz I, I took the the auxiliary pistol and close combat weapon on them and then you get and there're one base attack and then they one for the charge so they're three attacks a guy. So Brilliant. one unit of one unit of 15 levies, it's only a 50 point unit is 45 rending attacks on the charge. solid. So I charged in with this like Shitbird levy unit and the one that was like half strength plus I had the six guys remaining. And those guys were able to butcher that whole Marine squad and kill his uh, Orsmith in one round of close combat for like a third of the points. Yeah. Um. So that that worked out. So then uh, we went. We had to fight the last round of combat with, um, his. That's what he did have. Another he had another tactical unit. I forgot this this whole time. Just another base tactical unit, and they had come on. They were just kind of milling around the back of the board because it was kill points. So uh, he was just trying to kill enough stuff, you know, to get ahead of points and just kind of protect those guys. That's what it was. So my ogrens finally finished off his dreadnought. They beat it in close combat. I think I lost one more ogren, but then I killed the dreadnought. And then we decided to call it because uh, I was ahead on kill points. He just had the one unit of tactical guys left. And the closest unit to them was the Ogrens, which those guys weren't going to really be able to do anything to. And if I would have just gotten like one round of shooting on him with all those AP three heavy boulders or assaulted them, I probably would have, you know, wiped the unit or whatever. So we decided to call it. Well, here's, what's funny going back to that, that check. So all, my Grenadiers, that that I take all the time, their sergeant is leadership eight and the, the normal militia squads, I believe their sergeants are leadership eight as well. So my Lord commander, when I passed that stubborn check on, um, leadership, I rolled a nine okay. and Ogrens are stubborn. So I thought, well, they're like my sergeants are eight. Surely this guy's nine. We didn't even look it up, you know, and we didn't even think anything of it. Cause I've never seen like a war, like the highest level character in an entire army, not be at least leadership nine. Right. You know, I figured he was 10 or something. So Scott leaves, and I'm cleaning shit up and picking my books up. I look down at my book, and that guy's only leadership eight. Oh. So I would have failed that check. Changed so the whole
0: course of the game.
1: Would have changed the whole course of the game. So Scott's he's driving back to Kentucky, so he's got like a two-hour drive. And I noticed it's like 15 minutes in. So I text him, and I'm like, hey, man, I cheated you. I explained what happened. So I said, I'm going to get my phone out. You're just going to have to trust me that I'm going to do it one take. And I'll roll a die six for my leadership check or for my initiative check because, you know, I would have broke or whatever to see if you would have catch me. I'm like, if you wouldn't have caught me, I don't think it would have mattered, you know, because I just would have rallied. And then the only other move he would have had was to charge me. And then the second round of close combat we fought would have worked out the same way that it did anyway. But if he would have caught me. It would have, you know, ended the game there. So I got it. I got a D six out. Got my iPhone out. You know, film myself rolling the die. So I roll a five. Well, my guy's only like in, I think he's initiative three or some shit like that. So it's not great because I think a contemptor's four. So even though I got a five, he's got a, a big advantage. So he's like, okay, cool. I'll do the same thing when I get home. So he gets home and he's got his iPhone out. I got the video. I can share it with you. It's pretty funny. So Scott's like. He, he like he's like here we go and he's like drum roll he's like all pumped and he rolls the die rolls a one <laughs> he's like he's like ah he's like fuck this guy my dog's getting a new chew toy <laughs> so so that's it that ended up what happened so even though i, I cheated him we kind of worked it out it, it probably would have ended up being the same result it may have won an extra turn but i still think it's weird that that militia commander guy like your whole head of your overall army is no higher leadership than your sergeants i find that odd He's squirrely, man. He's just human. He's just a human
0: squirrely commander. I mean, like I, I, in my mind, every like every militia commander who's like traitor is that weird dude from uh Lord of the Rings, the two towers, like the, that guy who's like manipulating everything. That in my head, that's every commander. Do you know you know the just... Grimma
1: worm tongue guy, the guy that's behind uh yeah,
0: yeah okay. Yeah, Ro uh the Riders of Rohan, Rohan Yeah, 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 yeah. Grimma yeah, that's in my head, that's every militia commander. Like, I don't see he's like, badass guy, I see that guy just like, yes, you have
1: no power here. <laughs> so I can give a brief overview of the other Zone Mortalis game, like, super quick. This is what happened. It's the mission where you have to deploy within six inches of your board edge and then make it off the opposite board edge. Have yep. you ever played that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How is that? We're playing on a 4 by 4 like what you're supposed to play on. You get five turns to do that. I don't even know that that's possible. So he was playing Iron Warriors. So his first list he took had like Siege Tyrants, which are slow but purposeful. And then he had like a normal tactical squad. And I think he had his, uh, I can't remember if he had, I think he had a Cordus Dreadnought in there or whatever. And I was playing my Salamanders. So I had like two, I had a veteran squad with like two Flamers in it with Sniper. Um, A tactical support squad with a bunch of Flamers in it. And like five fire drakes and a praetor. So essentially I just deployed and we kind of fought it out. And by turn four, he hadn't like even really left like more than six inches out of his deployment zone. So unless he tabled me, he wasn't gonna win. So we ended up uh fighting it out. But it's like that's a really that's a really, really, really difficult mission for the attacker unless you um Specifically, build an army. Thinking about it, like Mechanicum could probably do it because of if you had Phalax in your army because yep. of how fast they are. Yep. Um, if you had, we were we were laughing though because if you for some reason played Alpha Legion or somebody that infiltrated, if you're if the defender wasn't prepared for it because you get to place infiltrators after they deploy and yep. you can place them anywhere, you could just literally place them where on turn one they could just walk off the board edge and win. Mm-hmm. That's happened. so. It's, I've done that. Okay. So it's a it's a super weird mission. Like I I I guess what I'm saying is like if you're going to play that mission, I highly recommend like you like actually tailor a list for it. It's really hard to build like an all-comers where tous list and to play that. It's it's almost you know, one side or the other is typically going to have a huge like unfair advantage of to the point where it's like why the hell are we even playing this?
0: Yeah, no. I I completely agree. And I mean, it's uh it's Against, with Infiltrators, and, I mean, really, you have to, we have to tailor a list to move fast, to even try, I don't know, it, it's a weird mission, we just kind of ignore it whenever it comes up, be honest with you?
1: Yeah, well, I'd like I said, I'd never played it before, so we tried it out, but then afterwards, like, we played the game, Scott was, like, looking at where his guys were at and all that, and he was like, well, how the hell am I supposed to, I'm like, I don't know, man, and then we got to talking about, you know, things that, you know, could do it. But it's it's just kind of a silly mission, so watch out for that. If you guys haven't played it, and you're going to play it, like try to make it as fair as you can when you're in the list building phase. Because like if you just take like all jet bikes or something that like move 24, ignoring intervening shit, and then turbo boost off the board or infiltrating stuff that just starts next to the board, and walked off. The funny thing was he actually scored a point because he had flanking counter assault, where's where you could use your enemy's deployment zone to come on from. Oh, so he. He came in one inch, and then on his movement phase, just moved right back off the board. So you could imagine, like, his dude, like, leaning in, sticking his head through a doorway, checking things out, and then just leaving. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we're good, we're good, we're good. Move, 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 move. <laughs> like, accomplished. So, anyway. So how'd your game go? Oh I mean, man. I know how it went, because I watched it on
0: video. Oh, yeah. I, I did not know you actually watched that game. Yep. So... The guy I was playing with, uh, playing against, is uh, Zeke. Uh, he's actually one of the guys that was at South Texas in Flames, too. He was running the camera for the, for the um, that live feed game that we were have the live broadcast game that we were rolling. Uh, he was running the, the camera that panned and followed everybody. Super awesome guy. So he, uh, he plays Alpha Legion. Uh, so, he's playing against Zeke. He's not completely familiar with the game. And so he has a pretty nice build-up. He has a Kalth box, and he also has another Contemptor with a Graviton gun, and then he's got a, a Gravit... Not Graviton gun. uh, um, The... Man, what is that thing called? It is... The Volcay? Co- conversion Beamer, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, Conversion Beamer, okay. Yeah,
0: Conversion Beamer. So, And uh, he also has a, uh, uh, a Death Blossom Dreadnought, or Death Blossom Leviathan. So... It's like just standard, dude. Like that's you start with Cal. So you Texas your Texas guys run. That's like all. When, when you
1: when you when you buy your TFL shirt, it comes with a Leviathan Dreadnought. That's guaranteed, guys. So
0: go get your T. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many TFL shirts we'd sell for that. So anyway, so he he comes on the table. You know, he's like, okay. He's like, I'm not 100 percent confident. And I was like, all right, let's get a practice game in. We roll a practice game. I, I walk him through, like, okay, look. If you're going to be playing Alpha Legion, you're playing against my Blood Angels. I'm playing my 1000 point Dreadnought list. So it's got three, it's got a Leviathan, it's got a Leviathan, it's got two contemptors. It's got my three delegatus or my three HQ's, but I drop one of them because it's it's fair to me somehow because you can only have two. Well, we talked
1: about it. you paid the points for it, but you just don't field him. It's kind of like the same thing with my like my army has requirements that I that the rules just don't integrate well. Same thing with what you, you have to deal with. Exactly. So anyway, so
0: I, I do that on this game, and he's completely fine with that. Of course, you know, he's a newer guy, so he doesn't care. And I, I look at his list, and I say, okay, let's build a list together, all right? And let's tailor your list against me. And so uh, he takes Dynat, he takes uh, Tank Hunters for everybody, he takes a melt gun squad, and... Um, and he takes his own death blossom and a contemptor his contempt one of his contemptors has the multi melta in one arm and the melta in his hand on the other so it's like it's a pretty good tank murdering list to fight against me with my you know dreadnoughts and right. so we we end up playing the mission where it's the the, the first game went real quick uh, uh i had to defend the objectives i pretty much laid back case of fire just Wiped him before he could take objectives, and before by the time the game was over, it was uh, he didn't destroy enough objectives to actually uh, get his points back. And I had first blood and slay the warlord, so there was like no way he could come back from it. So it's was right. like okay, hey, lor-
1: good. Real quick, didn't you have an attack bike in your list?
0: Yes, I did have attack bike in my list. Okay, with assault cannon, which did very well. Like uh, yeah, ta-
1: yeah, I'm telling you, those guys are legit. I run I. I have a full squad of five, and I'm working on a second squad of five.
0: It's like they don't dish out a lot of damage, but the like the damage that they do get through, you have to be very conscious of it on the table. Like it's like one of those things where it's like, fuck, there's an attack bike over there. I don't want to have to worry about it, but I have to worry about it. Like it's, it, the possibilities, like it's like a like a thirty percent chance that thing's gonna fuck you up, and a thirty percent is just high enough to where you have to deal with it. So, and, and they're annoying to
1: deal with, being tough five with two wounds and, you know, they're fast and have jink and all that stuff. They're, they're kind of annoying.
0: All day. All day. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, you're going to pop two melted Gun shots off at me? Well, let me hope I pass one jink save. I'll be all right. Yeah. So, but anyway, so th- we play that first game and I'm like, okay, well, the second game we're going to be- play on live air. We're going to go ahead and do the webcast while we're playing this game. And so we get that one set up, and now it's my turn to attack. Well, unfortunately, he kind of nerfed on the, uh, the roll-off and all that. So I was getting the – I got to pick my deployment zone. We, we actually had uh, one of the guys at the shop put out all the objectives. And so with the um, – Oh, I got a, I just got a weird text message, but all right. Um So I won the roll-off, and so the guy who put out the objectives kind of didn't one-side it. He just made it really easy to get three immediately dead. And so I obviously picked that side. And so you know how you deploy in the entire corner? Like, you deploy in a, like...
1: You get one square, but you have kind of two board edges or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's a two-by-two corner. So I'm, like, basically I have one Leviathan sitting in front of an objective, my Assault Cannon attack bike sitting in another objective, and my Contemptor sitting on the third objective. So, like, basically, first turn, I could wipe three objectives, and there's only five objectives, so immediately I'd win. Like, as soon as the game starts, I'd wipe them and move on. I was like, okay. Right. And so I was like, well, I wouldn't feel right doing that because Zeke's a pretty new player, so let me go ahead and do this right. Let me go ahead and fight him like I normally would. So... Game starts, and he actually beat me in the dice roll-off to where he got to pick his deployment zone, so he didn't have to start catty-quarter to me. He started on the deployment zone directly next to me. And with the Dynat rule, it's, uh, uh, man, I believe, it's not mutable tactics. It is the, the harrowing. While in an enemy deployment zone, all units with the Legion of rule as, spe- as well as Alpha Legion Dreadnoughts in the same detachment as Dinat may re roll their sweeping advance rolls and add plus one to any results they inflict in the vehicle damage table.
1: Oh, that's that's really good, especially with the amount of melted guns he had because you're what getting plus three essentially. Yeah. And he start he gets to start directly against my
0: deployment zone because uh, so he
1: can get in there easy to get that. And so what he
0: did was he started his death blossom. So his death, <laughs> death blossom, he started it directly like, like, I mean, less than millimeters away from my deployment zone. Right. And so he just moves directly in there and starts unloading with his strength seven sunder shots. And I'm like,
1: which normally can't just get an explosion result. But with that, it can, it's your, sure you can. One. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so like immediately I'm like, fuck, like this is very smart for him to do. And like, this is not something I was like planning. So I'm like, I have to find some way to quell this dreadnought. And the, (laughs) and the only thing I had was my death blossom. And so I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let me go ahead and charge my death blossom in. So I charge my death blossom into his death blossom and they are forever stuck in this eternal dance. And it's a slap fight. It was It was exactly what it was. It's this massive slap fight, but because they're so big, they were completely blocking any movement through this entrance, right? And, like, it's there was no way for him to get anything through there, and there's no way for him to get anything to join combat. And so there's no way for him to get into my deployment zone, so we had to take this long way around, and basically it's just strength eight versus A V thirteen armor slap fight. And every time we do one like glancing hole point to each other or, or penetrating hole point, we'd save it with our reinforced adamantium or adamantium shield or automatic automantic shielding. So you get that four up save. It was just it was ridiculous. Like it was just
1: Now, he probably had a slight advantage because he gets the plus one even in close combat, right? Yeah. So if he does sneak one through and rolls good enough, he can blow you up where you can just, you know, knock arms off, immobilize it, whatever. But if either of you end up immobilized or whatever, you're screwed because then you can attack the the back armor. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things, like you said, it is a slap fight, but it could go wrong at any moment. So
0: if you go back, okay. So as soon as I charged that Leviathan... And as soon as that Leviathan was stuck, and I realized that there was a good chance that he... Like, he had the advantage, right? Right. was, And so, because he had the advantage, I thought to myself, well, now I have to kill these fucking... These objectives, because if he gets through, he's just gonna death blossom my dreadnoughts. Like, he's in my deployment zone, he's adding plus one. There's a good chance he's just gonna be exploding them left and right. And so... I destroyed the objectives, like, like basically won the game right there and thought to myself, okay, so I won. There's no way he can come back to this, but I want to play this game. Like, I want to see where this is going to go. So I was like, hey, dude, like, technically it's over, but I want to keep going. And so we played it out. Like, we said, okay, we're not going to stop playing until we're, one of us is wiped off the table, like good old-fashioned pitch battle style so second edition that's how we always played second edition dude i'm telling you man it was just like solid like we're not leaving till we're both dead and so the game was so fast but then these leviathans i mean both of these leviathans both stayed in combat for i believe seven turns like just <laughs> stuck like not doing shit we'd we'd get one glancing or one penetrating hit through and then we'd four up save it and like it was like they were just like sitting there just dancing for this entire fucking game just like slapping each other, it was such bullshit. Well, finally, I get my contemptor around the long way because I can't go that way. And I think to myself, "All right, let me go ahead and uh, charge this unit of uh, just standard tactical marines." I kill his melted gun squad. I basically i i light them up with my uh, my assault cannon. I kill two of them, and then I charge with my um with my attack bike so he has to use all of his reaction fire versus my attack bike. Right. And then I charge with the Contemptor, like run around the corner, charge all that jazz with the Contemptor. And so it's like, okay, you don't get to use your Melta guns. And I completely wipe out that Melta gun unit. And so my Contemptor's coming around this hallway and he has a single attack squad that has a sergeant with a, uh, a Kami Melta. And he's trying to like, wheedle this com- this tactical squad around everything. And so during that next phase where I was going to get the charge off, his Leviathan gets that one lucky roll, you know, that rolls a six. He has the potential to explode me. I fail my four-up save, and then boom. He, he blows up with the D3 strength. It doesn't do shit to him. He has one whole point left on his Leviathan, He moves it away and behind his tactical squad. And so I'm like, okay, well, now I have this one whole point Leviathan left that's no longer getting the plus one, but I have to kill this tactical squad and the Leviathan, and all I have left is my two Contemptors. And so both of my Contemptors during my turn are in charge range of this one tactical squad. So I was like, okay, let me charge this tactical squad, get locked in close combat, And then I'll go ahead and uh, whenever, during his turn, I'll finish off the rest and I'll kill this Leviathan. Did not work like that at all. (laughs) So, first things first, I go, okay, let me go ahead and charge my Contemptor into this unit right here of Tactical Squad Marines, because I know I'm going to get dug in and I'm going to murder them. Not at all. Reactionary fire, right? Only thing that hurt him is a melt a gun, combi bolter, and he goes, "Okay, let me go in reactionary fire." Fucking rolls a four to hit, so okay. he's getting his reaction. Rolls a four for his initiative, rolls a four to hit, and then rolls double sixes for his uh Melta blast, and so I get multi um, or just mul- Melta hits me, and then boom, he rolls another six, so blows me up. So like best sergeant in the fucking world, and I f- of course I fail my fucking. Uh, my five up, five up save. So, this contemptor who's fresh wounds, like has no hole points taken off, just runs around the corner and gets blasted. I'm like, oh, well, that was awkward. He just like blew up into glitter. So, then I charge in, and because contemptors are front armor 13, he can do the uh, our weapons are useless. Yep, because their crack grenades are shrink six. And I, do, I didn't even think about that. And I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like you know, because you normally you charge with twelve. It's like, "Ah, you're stuck here, boys!" Like you got to hit me. And we like he couldn't use his crack grenades, couldn't use anything. He rolled his our weapons are useless. Got the fuck out of there! Like you weren't able to sweep him. I wasn't able to sweep him. It was the worst. So my my dreadnought's like, "No!" And so they run away. And then it's his turn, and his fucking death blossom is just looking at me like, "Hey, I saw what you did back there." (laughs) <laughs> i saw i saw you kill those three guys and then just completely just wiped the fuck out of me it was like this unintentional trap he set i was like yes good right into my plan it's very alpha legion into the into the fucking wasp nest and so i just run in there all confident and he's, just blast me off. i was like i was like wow I was like Zeke. i was like i feel like you you plan this the whole game <laughs> and you like, it's like yes yes you didn't get the object, you didn't protect the objectives you were supposed to but still you fucking wiped me so it, technically I won by objectives but in my mind I lost just by getting fucking wiped so yep. got myself into a trap like a fool like a damn fool
1: well that was on the last webcast so people want to watch that they can watch it because it was it was on like they pretty much had it where you could watch the whole thing I think it was like split screen or whatever
0: so yeah so you can actually like if you listen to what I just told you and go watch the game you can see those things happening we didn't have sound or anything like that but you can actually see that all go down and it was, it was the, the the ending is probably where it matters the most because that was a solid like trap that I ran into it's a trap so yeah that was my zone Mortalis game dude a lot of fun I'm glad that Zeke got to play he was like Super excited to get a game in. He's super excited to get like more games in. So it's like he's he's a newer player. So what um, did he think of Zone
1: Mortalis? What was his first impressions? Did he say? Oh, he loved it. He said, you know, it's it's a
0: lot quicker than because he's played big games with us, and so he's like, man, he's like, I like that Zone Mortalis. It's just so much quicker. It's so much, uh, you know, he said it's 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 perfect for somebody learning the game.
1: Right. Well, that's like Scott. He'd always played big games, and then our last game night that he came to, he came down and played my buddy David, the guy who owns Perpetual Painting. Yep. He played him in a couple games, and he got addicted. And then he called me and was like, hey, what are you doing on Fourth of July? And I was like, nothing. He's like, well, let me come up and let's just play Zone Mortalis. I'm like, all right, cool. So it seems like a lot of new players do like that and are attracted to it. It's really fun. And I know a lot of people, like if you listen to the like Eye of Horse podcast or whatever, there's a guy that they've had on a couple times I can't remember his name. I feel like a dick now, but he's he plays uh, Night Lords, I believe, and he always talks about how his favorite version of the game is Zone Mortalis, and that's pretty much all they play in his little area.
0: I I do like how quick it is to like get a game in and out, you know. And I like taking a little baby case with like just my dreadnoughts in it, and like walk like I take a lunchbox and like put yeah. it down and like cuckoo, here we go, three dreadnoughts. All right, let's play. <laughs> So, we've not
1: had anybody take a uh, Leviathan in our game club yet in Zone Mortalis. So you guys sound like you guys got one in every match.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Until they update the rules, I feel like once they update the rules, they're gonna be like, no, eighty millimeter bases for monstrous creatures, or vehicles. you are like, fuck. All right, fine. <laughs> no more Leviathan. <laughs> <laughs> they are a force to be reckoned with in Zone Mortalis.
1: I bet they are. Like I said, uh, I've not... Nobody in our club has used one yet. About the nastiest thing we've seen that's similar, I guess, is people like Contemptor Mortises in Zone Mortalis here. You see those quite a bit. Rocking what? Uh... Dual carries, just because with reaction fire and just the way the game works, it's brutal. It's really hard to get in close combat with them. So they'll run that, and they like to stand it. Like, they'll have... They'll take like Terminators or something and kind of screen the Dreadnought with Terminators and shoot over the Terminator's head with the Dreadnought, you know, and make you kind of deal with that. And then, or they'll they'll go reverse where they they have the Dreadnought kind of out in front. And then if you do manage to get tied up with the Dreadnought, if, if you don't kill it, they'll just counter assault with the Terminators. So I've seen both ways. But there's a couple guys here that are I think are running dual Contemptor Mortis carries in their Zone Mortalis list. And because they're elites, they score. Mm.
0: That's so. Nice. That's, that's nice.
1: Yeah. Well, you're saying because good. they're they're elites, they score. I yeah, I'm pretty sure in Zone Mortalis, we might because I don't I don't know to be honest. This is going to sound crazy, but so we're playing the Zone Mortalis rules book that I have is just off the website. Like if you go to Forge Rules' website right now, yep. and just download the generic Zone Mortalis rules, that's what we've been using we haven't even really been using this heresy specific one. It's like 99.9% the same anyway. But I don't know if that's the case in heresy, but in the 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 missions that we've been using just in the standard booklet, um all elite units count as scoring two, which I'm pretty sure it's probably the same in heresy because if you take an attacker, um FOC, you don't you're not even required to take troops, you can just take elites.
0: Hmm, is that right? Yeah.
1: Heresy, I'm pretty sure. So the way Zone Mortalis works, there's a rule, I don't remember the name of it in the standard Zone Mortalis rules, but um, basically elites count as scoring just like it, troops do. So basically in any mission where troops would be scoring, elites are also scoring. I'm
0: going to have to look that up. I I believe it. And I'm trying to think, I really don't have any elites and I don't I don't take any
1: elites. You're Contemptors. But, no, they're troops. Oh, that's right, because you're taking that. But what I'm saying is like, even in a standard zone, if that's the case. It is a normal zone mortalis, so I'm not sure, in 30k. If it is the case, you could just run a normal list and your contemptors would still score.
0: Holy shit, I just think I think Zeke won that game. Because there was five objectives on the table. I killed three of his and was like, okay, you can't win now. Ran at him, but then he had two objectives alive that I just chose not to kill, and then he killed and two then you contemptors. Lost-
1: So he would have had four victory points versus my three. But was that within the five or six turn game limit? Not at all, but. Well, there there you go. Okay. Well, not Um, to mention, and if you were like playing for keeps, you could have killed the three and then just hid. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I'm just thinking about it like now. So don't feel uh, bad. Don't feel bad about it.
0: Oh, I don't. (laughs) I I did my job. Those like, I, I don't think dreadnoughts can get off of an enemy ship if they tried. Like they don't just get to go in, and then destroy stuff and leave. They're there. They're there for store keeps. Like that's exactly how it would have gone down in real life. Nobody. T- nobody talks about after the battle. Nobody yeah. talks about that.
1: Now I'm gonna have to go get the Heresy Zomortalis rule. Yeah, I have the book. I just haven't because we've ha- play, had the other book and I have it. I have it printed off in like a nice binder that we just lay next to the Zomortalis table. We've just been using that, and then I just printed off the. Uh, the missions out of the horror series book, like make copies of them, and I just put the extra missions in there. So, I think there's some very very subtle differences between the two rule sets, but they're like 99.9 percent the same. So I would imagine the elite scoring is probably the same.
0: Yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't be. So, so yeah, that's how that game went. I uh, nothing to really report on that. I mean, it it did count towards the Escalation League, so I have to do a type of write-up of that. And then Zeke's going to go and hop on that Escalation as well. So he'll be he'll be an army on there that I can post up against. Pretty fun. Pretty fun. Yep. So I guess next thing on the list, man, you have some ursa actually you want to talk about as requested.
1: Yep. Um, somebody sent in a request. They said since these guys were new, they just wanted uh, to go over them and you know see how I would use them if there's any little combos with them or whatever. So you know we've been doing like we did tactical marines and stuff like that where you know I, I got really in depth and you know this is what you can combo it with and all this stuff. Well, Marines work a little different because there's so many different legions, and each legion has its own rules. And then on top of that, you got all these different rights of war and how things interact. Mechanicum doesn't really have any access to that. So the only like synergies or bonuses you can really get is there's the three different Mechanicum lists, which you know give you slight, slightly different abilities. You know the the reductor, the standard tag model list, and the cybernetica list. But I think the cybernetica list, all of the bonuses are based around automata, so that wouldn't really affect these guys. And then I believe the Ordo reductor I think gives you like move through cover or whatever in ruins. So or, it would give these vehicles. Uh oh wait I no, think it's everything, yeah, you're right. It's, it's everything. Right. So it would give these guys that would give them a very slight, you know, advantage or whatever. But if you actually go by the fluff, we 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 kinda of talked about this before we started recording. Um the Ordo Reductor do not like the Ursarax. They like had a patent, uh, TM trademarked on the uh, the Thalax, and they would kind of like give them who they wanted to give them to, or use them as like a bargaining chip to get war material from you know other parts of the Mechanicum, and like you know had sole dominion over those guys. Well, I guess the other Mechanicum guys didn't like that, or just thought it was bullcrap, one of their own toys. So they, you know, reverse engineered them or whatever, made their own, and they made the Urserax out of them.
0: So, like, the Thalax were like the Dr. Pepper and the Urserax were like the Dr. B of the Thalax world.
1: Exactly. So, so, they don't really make, because the, the Ordo Reductor got pissed about this because it kind of, like, undermines their power base so they don't really like Ursarax because they feel like they're shitty copies of something they already had. And then, so, fluff-wise, they wouldn't, they wouldn't really have them. I mean, you could always, you know, just say, well, they're really just Thalax armed for close combat or whatever and use them. I'm not saying don't use them. I mean, if you really want to use them, use them. Just write your own fluff for it. But, I mean, it, they don't, you know, if you're playing pure Ordo Reductor, they technically don't make sense fluff-wise to be able to take. It'd be like taking Dreadnoughts in a White Scar army. <laughs> so, So, you got that. So, really, I mean... I guess, like, if you're wanting to use these guys, the the list that makes the most sense uh, is the tag model list, and there's other reasons. Uh, We'll get to that here in a second. So if you just look at these guys stat-wise, they're essentially a thalax. If you're familiar with thalax, these guys are almost identical. The big changes are a thalax is jetpack infantry, and these guys are jump infantry. So the difference there is these guys, they can move 12... um, in the movement phase and then after that they act like normal infantry or you can move them six in the movement phase and then in the assault phase they can fleet charge they count as having fleet can reroll their charge range and gain Hammer of Wrath. Uh, The other thing these guys have they are weapon skill four and ballistic skill three where Thalax are the reverse of that because they're the shooty version so they're BS4 weapon skill three and the only other big difference besides like war gear which we'll get to that in a second is phalanx have um a, only have a 6 up feel No pain but they have a the uh gen site where these guys have a 5 up feel No pain but they lose out on the gen site so um, these guys are basically totally like close combat role for the most part so they come standard with um, two uh, two lightning claws, and a Volkite incinerator, and fra- frag grenades. So frag grenades, I mean, obviously they're j- basically they're on these guys. The only thing you will use those for is just so that you strike an initiative when going through cover. Um, lightning claws are pretty good on these guys because they're already strength three, so you're going to be or sorry, strength five, so they're strength five shred AP three, which is pretty decent. And since you have a pair of them, um, their base attacks will go from two to three. And then on the charge, they'll be four. Uh, the Volkite Incinerator is essentially the exact same as a Volkite Charger, but it only has the range of a Serpenta, which is so their range 10. But they can use them in melee. They can exchange all of their uh, melee attacks for a single. Volkite Incinerator Close Combat Attack, which is Strength 6 AP2 uh, Instant Death. Which is not but, Blast, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the name of the ability is Blast, but it doesn't actually have the Blast special rule. So the, the, only pr- the only problem with this attack is, it seems really cool at first, but it's got this other special rule called Prisoned. So the Blast version of the attack may only be used in close combat against models with the Infantry jump infantry or jetpack infantry types. In doing so, the model only makes a single attack regardless of any other factors, so you don't get it for charging or anything like that. So my problem with this is there's very few things that are worthy of instant death that fall inside the infantry, jump infantry, jetpack category that you can't just double out with their strength 5 power or strength 10 power fist, which we'll get to in a second. So these guys start with Lightning Claws, but each guy in the unit for 10 points can upgrade to dual Power Fist. So you're still going to have the same number of attacks you have with the Lightning Claws, but you're go- because they're Strength 5, you're going up to Strength 10. Well, to my knowledge, like I said, Strength 10 will double out any infantry, jump pack infantry, or jet pack infantry other than my tough six ogres in the Militia Army. Right? Can you think of anything else? No, not at all. And I'm really trying. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like, I, I just don't see you using it very often. I mean, I, I, um, you're almost always going to want to use either the lightning claws or the power fist. So oh, go ahead, Michael.
0: No. Yeah, I, I don't. It'd be a very rare circumstance. And it's like, it's, it's a matter of if you didn't take a power fist, you would have the option. Like it's kind of like one of those. That's like the only. I time guess, I but I using. mean,
1: yeah. But it's still it's just because it's just one attack. Yeah, I guess like you said, if you just didn't upgrade any of them to Power Fist, you could just say, well, uh, instead of upgrading to Power Fist, I'm just going to rely on this if I get into combat with something that has a two plus armor save or whatever, try to save some points. You should so.
0: you should be taking Power Fist though, because like that's this is a close combat unit like straight up.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't have to give them to every guy, but I mean, you. I would think that you would want at a minimum probably a third of the guys you take to have them, but probably even upwards of a half. And keep them, it, keep, them, keep them protected. Yeah. So, um, as far as like how to use these guys, I mean, they're pretty straightforward. I mean, they're jump infantry, so you can either deep strike them or start them on the table and just move at the enemy. They don't have like any... I don't know of any way to give these guys like infiltrate or scout or outflank or anything like that. I don't, you know, I don't know of any special characters for Mechanicum that does anything like that. There might be a warlord trait. I don't know their warlord traits super well. Um, But um, they're pretty straightforward. So you're either going to just start them on the table and rush them at the enemy or deep strike them in. Probably run. So you spread out. We'll get to that when we talk about how to fight these guys. Um, and then um, try to assault the next turn. So, the if you're looking for, I mean, these guys are arguably the most beat stick close combat unit in this book. Like, just if you just break it down and look at it, that. Um, so, if you're really wanting like just this really hard hitting close combat unit, uh, these guys are probably where you're going to look. My only problem with them is they're in that role. Like, typic, like they're they're tough five with three wounds, but with only a four-up save and really no invul. I mean, they do have Feel No Pain, but that can be ignored by, you know, Strength 10 or anything that inflicts instant death. Um, They are not super, super durable. I mean, they are against, like, Small Arms Fire, but if somebody brings, you know, Bedusas or Typhons or... Um, they have dreadnoughts, you know, with strength ten close combat attacks on their own or something like that. These guys are, are going to struggle against stuff like that. Um, they're fairly low initiative; they're only initiative two. So even just like fighting, you know, veterans or something. Uh, like if they got put, a, a, like a say you're playing like against Sons of Horus or somebody, and they got like a big reaver squad. A lot of times, because of the Sons of Horus rule, they want to take weapons that. I've already fought by the time they get to initiative one. So that a lot of the like the guys that play reavers and stuff here, they uh, they have like power swords and stuff in the army. So all that stuff is going to strike before you. So as a dedicated assault unit, over the course of a game, they're going to get ground down. Like if even if you get into assault, because the nature of how assault works, you have to receive damage to dish out damage. That's why a lot of you know. Shooting, in a lot of ways, is superior because if you have this squad of guys and you shoot at your opponent and you totally fuckhand your rolls and roll like garbage, really the only drawback is you didn't kill some guys, you know, you rolled shitty whatever, but you're not actually losing models to that. Where in an assault, it's way far riskier because if you go in and you roll bad, not only did you not kill the enemy, but the enemy in return gets to essentially kill you during your turn. Right. So... Um, assault. That's why. But also, assault is it can be a lot more effective at killing infantry because you can sweeping advance. You know, remove units like that. So it's kind of a risk reward versus shooting an assault. Um, But these guys, for me personally, aren't as tough as I would I want when I run like a when I spend this quantity of points because these dudes are uh 175 points just for three models, which works out to like 58 points and some change. And then for additional guys, they're fifty points a dude. And then to put the power fist on them, they're another ten points beyond that. So if you put power fist on these guys, they're essentially going to work out to, depending on the quantity you take. Like say you just take six of them, they're roughly you know sixty five points per model. I mean that's that's a lot of points. So for that quantity of points, I personally would like to see them be a little tougher. And then to complicate matters these guys are jump infantry, which seems like a boon in a lot of ways, but we've talked about this before. Like, I don't really understand like games Workshop's stance on jump packs and why they seem to hate them so much. Like they give you, they are a slight advantage, but they come with like almost an equal amount of disadvantages for having a jump pack. Like you're bulky. You can't go in vehicles. There's a lot of like, because you automatically you have these jump packs. There's a lot of characters that can't take jump packs or can't do whatever to attach to like, buff the unit in a certain way and most of the time things with jump packs aren't troops which we'll get to that in a second so you got all these drawbacks but they like charge this huge premium points like they're the best thing since sliced bread i feel like i feel like like inside of forge world
0: there's this algorithm on an excel spreadsheet and they like put in the they put in the the units like profile like weapon skill this and like it Factors in so many points. Weapon skill this. Factors in so many points. Strength this. And like reverts the points back. Like it's this like algorithm they built. And like the person who is like putting. If you put jump infantry. Tack on X amount of points. X percentage of points. And that that part is broken. Like there's like the points are fucking weird off. And like kind of. I feel like that's why these are expensive. And like they're just. Oh it's jump infantry. Plus 25 more points or plus X percent amount right. of
1: points. Well, because getting back to... They're just not that... They're not super tough. Like, if you... There's a lot of things, especially in my meta here, that these guys really aren't going to be able to close the distance without taking heavy, 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 heavy casualties by the time they get there. So, typically, the the, the way to get around that is to um, find, like, a transport or something to put them in. The problem with these guys is because they're jump infantry, you can't put them in any transports. Mm. So you're just stuck doing like what I said, you have to deep strike them and then stand around with your thumb in your butt for a turn, um, getting shot at or try to, you know, advance and go after the enemy. So, uh, I don't know. Like I'm very like, just as a standalone unit, like these guys are okay. But as far as we we were talking about this before the show started to get into like how I'd use them, all that stuff. To be honest, I don't know that I would really use these guys. And the reason why I wouldn't, for one, they don't really fit with anything else in the Mechanicum list. Um, the Mechanicum don't have assault vehicles, so it's not like you can put like heavy chain blade thralls or you know uh, skill axe or these other like decent close combat units in transports and then move up, and then deploy out, and then assault. You have to, you know, get out and wait a turn, so it kind of slows you down. And then they don't really have bikes or jet bikes or beasts or anything that, that can, you know, keep up with these guys to assault other than the the monstrous creature, uh, the is it the Alitax, the new one that's not really out yet? The Alitax, yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't have a model. It's out, but no model. Okay, well, the rules are out, but there's no model. But, so, I mean, it, it, they just don't, it's it's kind of hard to use them because I feel like they're going to outrun the army, and then like I said, they're they're deceptively squishy in a lot of ways. I just feel like your opponent's going to say, well, he's got this one unit that moves twice as fast as the rest of his army that's really threatening. Let's just kill that, you know. And then, which I mean, it could be a distraction, but I just feel like paying sixty five points a model that's pretty expensive for a distraction. Yeah. so oh, yeah. they're going to be hard to use in my opinion, and then getting back to the fact that they're just thalax so the other problem i have with this is just the way the this army list is internally balanced i feel like if you're going to take these guys you can take thalax and the ferox upgrade on thalax kind of ruin these guys the fact that thalax get ferox ruins ursax for me because i can take heavy chain blades and the ferox upgrade on a thalax unit keep the Thalaxes shooting with the lightning gun which is better in my opinion they essentially have the same stat line they also have the the gin sight which is a in my opinion a huge upgrade not necessarily for the minus to cover saves but the no infiltrators within 24 inches is a really big 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 deal against a lot of armies it really screws over raven guard really screws over alpha legion um the, the, in Zone Mortalis, it's essentially priceless for a lot of missions, which we talked about that a lot on this episode, actually. So, and, but the big thing, the, the killer for me, is that Thalax are troops. So, yeah. they, they're scoring. So if you take these Ursact guys, you're going to be spending a ton of premium points on a unit that you know, doesn't score. And, and you know when you boil it down to, I mean, that's how you win a majority of games: is scoring units, holding objectives, scoring points. I mean, that's that's the ultimate objective for the most part. I mean, there are you know kill point missions and things like that, but you know you start spending a bunch of points on these Ursax guys, and then you want you know some Castlex in your army or these other Mechanicum toys, their tanks, like a lot of these other good units. That's all well and you know all all good and well, but you know, you're gonna to have to take some scoring units at some point. So I guess if you wanted to really go crazy with these dudes, you could take these guys and then run a bunch of thralls to have a bunch of cheap scoring units or whatever. But once again, getting back to these Thalax guys, you can give Thalax Ferox and heavy chain blades, and they're still cheaper than the Ursax, and they're they're not in a lot of situations, they're the exact same. Um, you know, in close combat, like, they're not the exact same, but they're gonna you're going to end up with the same effect. You know what I mean? Like, against, like, power-armored dudes, yeah, I guess the other guys will, like, lightning-call through them faster or whatever, but having th- the Thalax with Ferox are still going to be four attacks on the charge because of Rage, and then they're getting, they're going up to strength seven, so you're going to be wounding on anything but a one, and then they have Rending. So, you're still going to get the job done in the same way, but you've paid less points for it, plus you're a scoring unit. Plus, you still, like I said, you maintain your shooting flexibility. The other problem, going back to the fact that they're jump infantry and these guys are jetpack, you can't take any Mechanicum characters that keep up that have, jet, that have jump packs. So, if you take like a Magos or whatever, you attach him to the unit, he's going to, like, you can attach him, but if you move with that jump pack movement, he's going to be left behind. So the, the about the best you can hope for is to take a jetpack. Th- those guys move up way in front of him, and then him try to roll high enough on his jetpack move to you know keep him with them. But it's gonna it's just kind of wonky to do it that way. Where Thalax, you can join characters to that actually you know that have direct benefits like rad grenades or just like attaching a Magos that's really tough to like tank with, you know, in front of him. and also. If you because the characters attached, like if you have a really nasty Arc Magos and they charge this unit of Thalax, they have to fight the Magos too, type thing. Anyway, what were you gonna say, Michael?
0: I was kinda of thinking about um, the jetpack versus jump pack mentality as well. Like jetpacks statistically are much
1: they're they're less reliable, but they're statistically faster than a jump pack infantry would be. Well, in that and they're more flexible, like because assault happens in the after the shooting phase, like let's say you you want to soften up a unit, you know, before you assault it. So you move your Thalax in, you shoot them with your Thalax, and then you shoot into this unit with other um, stuff and you end up killing more than you initially intended. And now you have this really long charge range mm-hmm. with the Thalax, You can go. You can call an audible because you know, in the assault phase you don't have to assault. You can just move two d six. Maybe move them further back. Maybe move them behind line of sight blocking terrain. Um, you know whatever. Um, also, in late game because the Thalaks are so fast, they're going to be way better at like grabbing objectives. You know what I mean? Because you can you can still you can still move then you can still shoot to inflict damage on the enemy and then use your jetpack movement to jump on an objective where the ursacs don't have that ability. They have way less shooting, for one, and then their primary way of dealing damage is the you know, assault, so you're going to have to rely on wiping them and then hopefully you know maybe getting a late-game uh, consolidation role that's really high to move on an objective or something like that. So I guess what I'm saying is I just feel like As close as these guys are to Thalax, the Thalax just seem like a much more flexible, tactically flexible option that also has the benefit of being a scoring unit. And then the the other huge thing with Thalax is because their jetpacks, which normally can't go into transport, but they have a special rule. If you read their dedicated transport entry, it says, note, they may still be transported in a Triaros even though they're jetpack. So you can stick these guys in a Triaros or whatever and drive them up the board, and then if somebody shoots you with a Typhon or Medusas or whatever, they have to get open that transport before they can hurt these guys. Where Ursax, like, if somebody if you're fighting somebody that has a Typhon, you have an Ursax unit, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, no matter how you try to approach that thing, you're getting hammered with that Typhon and losing a bunch of dudes. There's really not a lot you can do about it. So... I don't know they're not bad i'm just torn on them because i feel like i said i just feel like phallax are the better option for you know less points they're going to do for the most part everything those other guys do um but also be a scoring unit and if you're going i don't know i I, like i said i just don't know about them like you can there's just a lot of things in this book that kind of already do what they do um either you know to a pretty close standard but they also have other benefits like the same thing like castillacs you can use like those guys are even tougher than these guys they still have decent shooting and they're not quite as good in close combat but you could still use them like as a counter charge unit for your gun line or something like that like these guys are you can tell they're designed to you know shoot straight ahead and assault but the rest of the army is not really designed for that. So they're kind of like a weird unit in the Mechanic of Mario list. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I don't really know. There's, like, not really any tricks. Like, you can obviously take certain magoses. Like, you can take the one that has hatred, which will confer to them. But there's, like I said, there's really no upgrade that allows him to keep up with them really well. Um, you can do the jetpack thing and hope for the best as far as, like, had him trailing along. Um, same thing with rad grenades. You can put rad grenades on a character like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just... I like them. I, I, I want to like them more. I mean, I feel like further points... If, if there was a way to make these guys troops, like if they come out with a special character in the future or they redo this book and make them troops, um, I would definitely reconsider. But them being fast attack and not being able to score... It just really, really makes me hard for them to like them when you got a unit that is a troop unit that's pretty similar, and in a lot of ways more flexible. So that's kind of my breakdown on it.
0: So on like a star level, let's like let's let's say like one to five stars. Is this like a three and a half star in your book?
1: Yeah, it's it's right around three. I mean, it's not it's not spectacular by any means. I don't like. There are units that don't score in in other lists like Galvorback because I play word bears right so Galvorback don't score so the it, but they're spectacular they do things that no other you know unit that i can buy can do you know what i mean like i can't buy tactical guys that are that are troops or whatever that are even anywhere close to Galvorback so the problem is with these guys they have something in their list that is scoring that's so similar yeah it's a little worse at the assault role but not by a super wide margin, you know what I mean. So, so if you're that's just kind of how I feel about it. it
0: if you're not going to be able to score objectives, you better be exceptionally good at what you do. <laughs> like,
1: if, if yeah, you ha- you have to have something special that's not replaceable. And I just I feel like heavy chain blade, Faroxtalax are close enough and still score and still do you know and still have gun you know have better shooting. Um, it, they still deep strike to do all that stuff. Plus the the site can take transports it's easier to attach characters to them and all that stuff. I just, they're just better in my opinion.
0: I think, I think Tim put it like the best way when he said, uh, uh Tim with I he said that every time that he thinks of a unit scoring an objective, it's like them burning a CD, like a files, like whenever they're there, yeah. they're like, like if you can't, if you don't know how to burn the CD, you better be damn good
1: at your job
0: of what else you do. Like, it's like, I don't know how to fucking do that. I'm here right. to kill.
1: And then, like I said, in my meta, it's just like, if you were to run these guys, we have a lot of, a ton of jet bikes running around with heavy, you know, they all automatically come with heavy boulders. I'm running my blood angel army with tons of assault cannons and tons of auto cannons. There's a, a bunch of guys that run, uh, like Volkite caliber squads, like big units of Volkite caliber. There's a bunch of Typhons here. Um, there's a lot of people running the iron warrior, like the iron fire thing with all the blasts and templates and, medusas and phosphex and shit like that it will straight merc these guys they can't go into transport they're going to be out in the open you're going to have to run at that gun line while you're getting shot it's going to get real ugly real fast and they like i said they don't because of the way the rest of the Mechanicum list has they don't have any other units like in drop pods or or whatever to immediately put pressure because like I get it. Like, like, say, say, like, my Galvorback, they don't score, but with my Galvorback army, I can put them in a Dreadclaw or put them in a Spartan or put them in whatever, and I can have the rest of the army keep up with them. So if they try to focus everything on the Galvorback, that's fine. I may lose them, but then the rest of the army is going to hit them on that next turn. I don't feel like Mechanicum can do that with, you know, with an Assault-type list. They don't really have anything to allow them to do that. Nope. Nothing yet. So- So, I guess you could, like, go all in and spam several units of these and support Ursarax with more Ursarax, but then think how many points that is and stuff that's not scoring. So, I guess prove me wrong, like, maybe try a list that's, like, nothing but, like, minimum thrall units in Triaros for troops, like, spam those out, like, take, like, you know, whatever, and then just take mass Ursarax and try to, like, just rip somebody's face off with that, and then still have those guy those other thralls back to hold objectives and do whatever. Maybe. I don't know.
0: I'm trying to think they'd do as good as like a, well, like a, like a power fist toting Terminator squad is what I feel like they'd look, they'd feel like, but it, they don't have that two up save, you know?
1: Yeah, but they do have the three wounds. I mean, they're going to be better against small arms fire, I guess, because it's harder to whittle them down, but a Terminator is going to be you are you've paid less points for it and they have a four up involved so they're like going to be more survivable against things like medusas typhons um heavy bolters, things like that so I don't know it's 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 interesting we'll see how it goes I mean not a lot of people have played them here the guy I just played in zone mortalis um when me and you talked about doing this segment he was here because you'd sent me that info that hey this is a segment we're doing while he was here we were playing the zone mortalis games. Scott's brother, you know, they're, they live close together, and that's his primary opponent, is his brother. His brother plays Mechanicum, and he's had these guys um, converted up for a long time, so he uses them all the time. And Scott did say they were a pain in the ass to deal with, but he said the minute he got his Typhon painted, his brother quit running them, basically. Well, I don't know they quit running them, but like the first game he said that he just killed his entire unit of these dudes with one Typhon shot. It was just like, hey, pick those dudes up. Here's one blast. I scored direct hit. I get all six of them in one blast. Pick those guys up. They're done. It, it ignores your ignores your armor save. Ignores any cover save you would get and you don't get your feel no pain because it's doubling you out. And that's it.
0: You done it. kid.
1: You're done. So yeah. Anyway. So that, that's about all I have to say on it. Do you have anything to add? I mean what do you think? Am I crazy?
0: No, I mean they, they, they have a specific role they need to follow that they're there for. It's the, the close combat unit for the Mechanicum, but they're not they're not great at it. But I mean, you know, I, I have played against them. Uh uh they I think the one thing that they have going for them is their um
1: The strength and power fist is a big deal. It yeah, really is.
0: Yeah, and, and I think on top of that is they were like they're obscure right now, and that's what they have going for them. And I think one of the one of the best things that they had as well was they didn't have a model, so you like in your mind you're like, oh, that's just Daleks coming up on my flank. Oh shit, never mind, those are Ursaracs. They got Power Fist. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Now they have a model. They're a little harder to use because I know that. Okay, that's a massive squad of Lightning claws and Power Fisters. Let me go ahead and take care of that real quick. I think that's the only thing they had going for them before. And when we did play them whenever they were on us, they were charging in. And I remember they actually charged it into a unit of, uh, night Lords. And I want to say, was it, wait, was it night Lords? Yeah. They, they charged the unit of night Lords and they killed like one model and they were like completely like subpar in combat. And I was like, Oh, I was like, that sucks. Like, Oh, well, and then they just, got wiped at that point
1: Uh, yeah i don't know i mean i feel like once they get to combat they'll be okay it's just the amount of casualties you're going to absorb on the way there and then once you get there you're still going to take some wounds back more than likely because even if you have lightning calls they're still on initiative two so almost everything regardless is still going to be fighting before you um and then there's a ton of crap that you that's ap4 that you don't think about because most people play marine army so if it's not ap3 or lower you don't even really think about its ap value but like Think about getting shot with like, like I said, like, you know, a heavy bolter jet bike squad, like with white scars just coming out or getting shot with a, um, a, um, Sakaran tank with triple heavy bolter and the accelerator autocannon, you know, like that's all AP four. That's going to be brutal. You're going to be like losing tons of dudes from, you know, stuff that is vastly you know, less points that, that you've put into these guys. True so, that. True that. I don't know. I just don't, I don't know about them. I think I would, if, if I was just boiling, boiling it down to a pure tabletop, like if you've taken fluff out of it, you're taking looks out of it, you're taking everything out and you're just wanting to run, like I guess the most whack mentality, I just feel like Thalax are better. But I'm not saying, like I said, don't take I mean, you have to consider all this other stuff, looks, fluff, all that. So I mean, if you want to run them, run them. They're not, they're not that bad. They're not like assault marines, like we always joke about that. Taking like two units of assault marines in your army is just tantamount to saying <laughs> I'm going to lose all these games. But I just really like assault. Like it's almost hopeless at winning that you've just spotted your opponent so many points to essentially do nothing. It, it's it's really hard to you know even beat anybody when you when you do something like that. But these guys aren't they're not that level of bad. I just like at the highest levels, like if you're playing in a, you know, fairly competitive environment or whatever, you know, in a, in a meta that knows what's going on, that knows the game well, and you're not playing against like new players or guys that are just getting it figured out. Um, these, these guys are going to have a rough time in my opinion, in a lot of games.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. (laughs) It's like, like, I mean, we talk about jump infantry all the time. We talk about assault squads all the time, like this—the sweatpants of uh, the 30K list. Yeah, like you just don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, you've given up on life. <laughs> but I don't—I don't think Ursaurs are that bad. But I, I do. No, see they're not. Where, they're yeah. not. I mean, I, I definitely like. It, if you want to run them, like put them in a list, like that's fine. Like you know, you can run a unit of six. I mean, you can even run one big unit or whatever. But that's just points, in my opinion, that you're not getting. You know. Castellax, or Thanatars, or Sicker and Venator, or what, not Sicker and what's their Venator? Creos Venator, Christmas. like all those units, like because that's all Killian Mechanicum stuff that doesn't score, that are kind of a staple of the list and I feel like you're going to have to sacrifice on that stuff to fit these guys in. Hello! There's a there's a guy standing behind Michael.
0: Yeah, it's Pat. It's uh, Jake's brother. Hi, Pat.
1: <laughs> Are you sure that's not Guilfoyle? He looks like Guilfoyle. It is Guilfoyle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But yeah, that's, that's my cue, man. Uh, so that's all we had. I mean. Yeah, that was, that was it. Some Ursarax talk and I guess, uh, I just got a text message. My story will be edited by the end of tonight. I'm looking forward to actually seeing that, dude. Like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, getting inspired from it if anything
1: we'll okay. see you'll probably read it and be like oh this sucks what am I gonna tell him if it sucks just tell me for real because I don't <laughs> I don't care do, don't I hate that when people are like nice like you know <laughs> oh, I you, like you get a really shitty haircut and everybody tells you it's nice and then you just walk around and you're just like embarrassed for a month but you don't even know that people are snickering behind your back like that's the worst just tell me all right, so basically all I'm saying is just, just like, tell somebody. Like, let's just be honest with each other. I'm sick of this, like, modern-age, pussified PC shit where we can't tell anybody that they're annoying or can't tell anybody they have a stupid haircut or whatever. Like, you know, just, like, be a little thick-skinned and just take it It's like... I mean, it's I guess it's one thing when somebody's, like, just straight doing it to be mean, like you can tell, like, they're, like, <laughs> just needling you, just trying to be a dick, like it's intentional, But if, like, if you go outside in public with a stupid-ass shirt on and, like, 9 out of 10 people think it's a stupid-ass shirt, you know, you need to be told that. That's, like, (laughs) how society works, like, you know? That's how you call things. That's how you, like, that's how you fix things and and people say shit. Exactly. You're, like, you know, you're, like, you know, I'm not so sure about that shirt. And it's, like, if I really, really like it, I can keep wearing it. Who really gives a shit what other people think? But, you know, if I'm, like, wearing this shirt, I don't want to, like, go into a job interview or, like... (laughs) try to, you know, pick up a chick or something and be wearing like a fucking I don't know, like a Bert and Ernie shirt or some shit that I think's cool. Oh, look at my retro retro Bert and Ernie shirt or some shit. And everybody's like, I don't get the joke. That's fucking terrible. Take that shirt off. So I, anyway, I, just be honest with me. I needed
0: an example of what kind of shirt you were talking about. Like, I needed that. Like, I was like, what kind of, <laughs> what kind of shirt know. would this be that nine out of ten people would hate it? Yeah,
1: I don't know. And you know, I could be totally wrong. Maybe people would really <laughs> dig a Burton Ernie shirt. Like, I was I think, like, you can. Know, you can only get away with that if it's ironic. Like, if you're Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar's wearing a Burton Ernie shirt, or the Rock, that's like, yeah, or the Rock, you're like, oh, fuck, look at that, that's hilarious. You got this huge fucking comical guy in a Burton Ernie shirt. That's the coolest thing ever. When you got like a fat hillbilly dweeb like me wearing a and ernie shirt that's exactly what you got a fat hillbilly dweeb in a Burt ernie shirt you're gonna end up on the people of walmart fucking internet page so you know your friends need to tell you hey man hey don't wear that shit
0: i'm gonna think of a shirt and i'm gonna be texting you here in a minute i'm gonna be thinking of a (laughs) shirt of like what nine out of ten people would hate like it might say like Hitler made some good points, or something like that, or just like oh, some cool. some like crazy as offensive shirt that you would think would be like, hey, it's not so bad, but nine out of ten people would hate it. And vote for Ted Cruz. <laughs> vote for Ted Cruz. Not, he's, he's just got the
1: punchable <laughs> face. We talked about that before. I don't even know what his policy is. I just want to hit him. he has
0: got a punchable <laughs> face. What is about
1: your face, Ted Cruz? I don't like you.
0: I couldn't hear a thing you said. I was just so busy thinking about punching your face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your face is like a hat full of assholes. I don't know
0: what else about. Yeah, so anyway. So yeah, I'll think of that shirt that we can make. Uh that's all we have, guys. Uh if you have some content that you'd like us to talk about, just send it to us. Uh, either Michael at Warhammer30K.com or Ryan at Warhammer30K.com. And uh, let us know. We'll uh, we'll discuss it. Anything you want, uh send your list in to those websites or that email as well. Uh we'll go over that. And we've got some, uh, we actually put a feeler out there of what people wanted to hear, and we got a lot of feedback, so I think uh, we'll probably be starting to touch base on, uh, for newer newer individuals to come in, Uh, especially the rights, there was a lot of requests for rights of war, like everybody was talking about book six rights of war, and then the original rights of war, like everybody wants to hear about that. So I'd expect that we'll probably be doing something here pretty soon.
1: Which we we were kind of doing that with the Kalfbox stuff, you know, going over yeah. tactical rates and stuff like we did, and, and I was kind of including the rights of war in there. So me and you can talk and you know work something out on however you know we want to go forward with it. But Michael, put that. Uh, tell them where you put it up on Reddit so they can find that if they want to add to it or read what other people have already recommended, and maybe give them some ideas.
0: Uh, if you just go to the Reddit Warhammer Thirty K sub forum. And then of course I also posted it to the Forgotten Legion uh, Facebook page, but on uh, the the Reddit the Reddit subreddit Warhammer 30k, it basically just says podcaster looking for content, and there's I mean you know five or six people responded back to that, and actually one wanted to know if we could talk about how to uh, uh, bend the tubes for Mechanicum stuff, and I was like you know what I'll just give Pretty some tubes and he'll go ahead and he's gonna make up a video so. Okay, that's cool. The, the, that was, like, real quick. Yeah, I'll help you out. I'll show you how to... Pretty's going to show you how to use a heat gun, so look forward to that getting posted up on the uh, Forgotten Legion uh, YouTube page. So that's uh, warhammer30k.com. So that's all I got, man. I got to go uh, move an RV now. Move an RV. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and let y'all, uh, let y'all listen to some sweet music. We're going to put that on for you guys, and... Uh, you will have a good one. Take it easy, guys. <laughs> Later.